Welcome to the yep. Save the Universe podcast, episode number number. I forgot 35. already. 35. Yeah. 35. How long has it been since I've been on the podcast? Has it uh, been like a month? Our last group podcast was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Not ah, too long. Like a lot longer. Yeah, that was well. the one where we talked about Skinner Box for a long ass time. Oh, you might have just, and then went and played Fortnite afterwards. Yeah, you, you yeah. might have just substituted in your head as just being a Fortnite session. <laughs> Yeah, I will admit Probably. I don't actually remember the uh, Skitterbox podcast. I just remember I, pod, I actually don't pod remember it afterwards. Whatsoever. Well, it's impossible <laughs> for Wander to distinguish the two because he was playing was... Fortnite during our Skitterbox play uh, podcast, mm. and then we then continued to play Fortnite with him after the podcast was over. So, for his, yes. for, from his perspective, there wasn't even a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like four hours of Fortnite that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a lot of Fortnite. That was a yeah. good topic to get out of the way, though. There's lots of discussion of the Skinner Box premise because we just keep reading right. it up constantly, and a lot yeah. of people don't right. know it. And there are better yep. sources to find out about it than us. But still, like it's mm-hmm. we got people have we, we keep saying it. We keep what it relates it. to and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Then, we, then last week we did the Spider-Man Homecoming. It was supposed to be a Spider-Man Homecoming podcast, but it mostly just became a Marvel Cinematic Universe spoiler <laughs> cast because <laughs> we could not stay on topic for even well, a moment. Ever I, like it was, I, I, it was amazing. <laughs> I was actually gonna say I, I have the hardest time talking about games that I like in detail because I can't. You don't want to spoil like, them. Well, no, I can't really like put my finger on why I like it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, you know, I was trying to describe why I liked Guild Wars to somebody. I was just like, mm-hmm. it's like it has an app. It feels of pissing like, me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like a community event as opposed to kind of this weird arms race with other people. Um, mm. But like, you know, For trying you. to put it into words is hard, but with like a negative experience, <laughs> it's super easy to point out like bullet lists of everything you didn't like because yeah. they stand out to you. It's why right. uh, negative reviews tend to rise to the top because they're more, I guess, based on... Easy to on... grasp onto. Oh, well, yep. yeah. We have different right, experiences so... with Guild Wars. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we, we talk do. about... Like, it's so, not an arms race at all. I'm like, oh my god, I need to hit anything. No, <laughs> this bar isn't filling at all. I'm gonna be here for hours. <laughs> so, so we, so we talk about games we've played since you've already brought up Guild Wars too. Well, Do you want to just like go into that? Because I, I watched like a little bit of it, and then that was my exposure to it. So the new expansion's gonna about? be coming out. Uh, I mean, Guild Wars is. Do you do you want the like plot of Guild Wars or just like how we've been running the series and why it's significant? Uh, the latter. Definitely the latter. Okay. I could not give less of a shit about the plot of yeah, Guild Wars. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> oh. the I pl- like the plot of Guild the Wars. The plot is Shell's thing, but... Uh, <laughs> so we decided we'd pick up Guild Wars 2 because they've got an expansion coming out soon, and mm. it's free to play, so, like, let's just play it and invite yep. everybody that wants to join us. And this free-to-play experience being... immediately cost me $50. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Keith had to buy the expansion back because... For some reason, he managed to to squirrel himself away reason, on the European server. They have really server. shitty interface design for new players. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> so he, it's, a, he, it's free to play, though, right? So, so here's what happens: if you launch the Guild Wars two, uh, so I played back at launch, but I couldn't retrieve my account because I couldn't figure out the password for it because it's been five plus years. And if you try to retrieve the account, it doesn't simply go like. Hey, we'll email you a password reset link. They're like, hey, you better type the exact serial code that was on the physical copy you got five years ago because you totally keep those for art- for MMOs, right? And don't throw them away immediately <laughs> because they're never useful. Uh, so I couldn't retrieve my account, so I had to make a free account instead. First, first weird red flag is that uh, 
well, not, not immediately red flag, but one thing about being free to play is that it'll constantly tell you in the top left corner that you're not playing the uh, a proper thing because there's version. a big red button saying to upgrade that never goes away. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. But the biggest problem that happened is that the moment you launch into Guild Wars with no context, it just gives you a server list. And I'm like, all right, uh-huh. cool, yeah, server list. I'll just hop into one of these and I'll see if the game runs properly, so I can, so we're all ready for the recording that happens later. Uh, little do I know. Uh, if you join a server on a free-to-play account, you can never leave it. Ever. Oh. You just locked yeah. there. I mean, forever. that makes sense because they're if trying to save as much money as yeah. possible. But if also, you've paid for <laughs> Yeah, if you've paid for the game, you can hop servers as much as you want, sort of. Not only does uh, the game not really warn you that you're going to be stuck there forever, it just has a bottom left corner that's like, hey, change realms, that's grayed out and will never not be grayed out. Uh... But also, for some reason, the game defaulted me to the European server list. Uh huh. So, oh, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. So Made I wasn't in a North American server for some reason. I don't really know why. Uh, so that led to a problem where the game has trans server grouping stuff. Where if you join a party with your friends from other servers, you can just group anyway, which is a feature that eventually found its way even into WoW. Which once it's in WoW, you know that all the other MMOs already did it. Uh, mm-hmm. That doesn't work cross round, uh, cross uh, region, so mm-hmm. I couldn't play with any of the people we were planning on playing with. So my choice was to register a new account again for free and start from scratch, uh, mm-hmm. or just give up and just buy the actual paid for version of the game, so that I can then just have access to normal features without all the weird limitations that are just really hostile to new players that don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I just bought it. Mainly because uh, when I registered the account, probably because of the server load the game has right now for the upcoming expansion and stuff, it took like over six hours for them to just give me the confirmation email for my email account. So if I had uh, made a new account, that, that we wouldn't be playing that night. So who is in this day. group? It was uh, me, one or shell, three of us. Yeah, and then like oh, twenty-five and more people. <laughs> you made it, it sound like, like there's gonna be so much more people. There well, was like twenty to thirty of Wanderers fans. Yeah, so a bunch, of, a, horde. a bunch of fans showed up and just followed us around, and since we're all mm-hmm. in the same guild, you can see where they are on the map. So, like, it looked like um, Snake, like the old Snake game, the arcade game, where, like, oh. you have... And yeah. they were just, like, trailing you? The, yeah, they would just trail after me and murder everything in their path, uh, which became hilarious. a bit of a problem, because I move rather quickly in the game. You always and, move quickly. So, yeah, I always move quickly. So, Shell and Keith would end up kind of in the middle of the pack or at the very back. And so, by the time they'd arrive, everything was dead, because uh Scorched Earth group just destroys everything. Which I ended up eating my words before, because during the WoW series... I would compliment Guild Wars for how, like, it's a nice, like, community-based game, and everyone's, like, it, it feels like everyone's always working together, even though they're, they're like, like, you'll walk you'll walk in with, like, completely random people and stuff like that, and, like, what I was misremembering is that that's only the events. Like, when, when it spawns, like, a rare spawn monster, and he's coming, and he's gonna mess up that town, like, when everyone's <laughs> gonna fight that dude, it, it just sort of treats them as being a singular party essentially and you all automatically are all getting credit just for hitting the dude basically but you have to get Uh, it hidden (laughs) yeah but the problem is the normal quests in the game the ones that are always there not the events they don't really work that way uh we're Uh just being around the area while it's happening yeah they're like little static objectives that you're supposed to yeah supposed to do like kill wolves and 
There's fight. Either, yeah, it's either interactive yeah, objects all over the ground you interact with, like, heal this guy, or fix this cairn, or whatever, or it's kill a bunch of mm -hmm. dudes. And to kill a dude, you have to tag them, or you don't get mm -hmm. credit. And mm -hmm. if anybody fixes the thing on the ground, it stays fixed for a while, and you have to wait for it to respawn, essentially, back into being broken, so you can do the objective. So... Okay. But when you I, have, like, 30 people, that doesn't really work so, so well. What I, yeah, what I quickly realized is that having a giant train chasing Wander around essentially was making me progress more slowly than I would be if I was playing completely alone. Because so I couldn't main... tag any of the enemies, and I couldn't do any of the interactive objects, and every enemy di would die so fast I couldn't even get a spell off on them to tag them. So I yeah. was literally, like, in zones devoid of things I could tag or get any progress off of. The, the only way I was able to level with my Necromancer was to get staff... Staff yeah. has the longest range, I think, for like casting spells and whatnot. But so the ah. main reason why this breaks down, like normally this this works perfectly. Like there's a couple of issues where it's like, yeah, tagging tagging enemies is really difficult. But the main reason why this is broken down with with our I guess burgeoning series is because all of these players are specifically sticking around for longer than they need to, uh, right. and following me and me alone. <laughs> they're not helping Keith. They're not helping Shell. So instead oh. of having like a, a kill squad that's helping everybody equally, it's everybody follows me and kills the things that I kill. And so I end up finishing areas like well before they do. And uh -huh. then I'm then I'm kind of either sitting around or I don't realize that they're still stuck on it. And they're like, you yeah, know. so they're, they're still trying to finish the event off. And I'm uh, I am not. And it became so relatively common for Wander to have finished a heart before we got more than like 25 percent through it. <laughs> Like the yeah. progress bar. And it also had a side effect, I, I think, where I was primarily finishing objectives by doing the interact with the thing on the floor option instead of fighting stuff because I could not tag enemies most of the time. Which led, I think that leads to me having more and more of an experience goal for I'm not getting any kill experience along the way. Which means mm -hmm. that I actually am weirdly like, I have to like, like, like like one of those fish that attaches to a whale, I have to like suction <laughs> onto the weird wander horde and tag <laughs> stuff and get them to kill stuff for me because I'm so under level that I can't fight things alone <laughs> anymore because we're just pro wow. progressing so fast. And I'm getting so little experience that's like the game is like somehow like it, we actually managed to. This was the game that I was referred to as the game that would be more functional than WoW from our co-op experience, and somehow. This one's like We've actually like massively. Yeah, You're this out, actively super wrong. <laughs> this has turned out to be massively more dysfunctional than our WoW series was ever to ever. <laughs> Where yeah. in that one, the only problem was like, oh wow, Wander's ex Wander Wander's experience is going up a little too fast, and now it's like I got a list of new problems now. <laughs> <laughs> the nice part is, uh, it seems like the the large largest problems kind of cropped up on the first session, and mm. they were definitely a problem like most of the way. Well, like part of the way through the the second one, but mm -hmm. I've noticed that uh, now that we're not in like a beginner zone where everybody can join us, we have less and less people joining us. And the main reason why it was kind of rough towards the end was just because the rest of that area sucked. Uh, the experience gulf rose dramatically, though. Yeah, it did. I we've got solutions for it, and like honestly, I feel, still think it's a positive experience. But it's fascinating seeing like. Just how much you can break a game. How it worked and how with... it definitely didn't work. <laughs> yeah, because like I really thought it was going to just be everybody piles into his zone, has a good time, and instead it's everybody piles in behind Wander, and the moment he like attacks something, everybody else does. So it just yeah. <laughs> it, so it it's a it's a thing where every single issue all comes from one specific variable. 
which is that mm. you just you just don't share party quest progress. Yeah. Mm. Like in WoW, if a dude if your party member kills a dude like 50 feet away and you didn't you didn't even tag him, you just got the progress mm-hmm. and it's fine cuz you're in a party. In this game we're in a party and the game's like, "Nope, do it yourself." <laughs> I'm like, "Why are we in a party so we can show up on the map with each other?" <laughs> that seems to be the only reason we're in a party is so it's easier to target each other or find each other on the map because like the I game just so doesn't also, give you shared progress. I think it's also so that we can go into instances with one another. Yeah. That's one reason why you do that. But we haven't gone into any of the personal story instances. So that's part of it. Yeah. But part of it is we don't want to do that while we have like the murder squad wanting to join us because then it's like, well, <laughs> are we going to just fend off everybody saying like, yeah, we're not. We're not actually available right now. We're trying to do the campaign, guys. There's some really emo- <laughs> amusing moments where I'd run through an entire dungeon and just like desperately, like I got my fastest spell and I- I'm trying to just chase any group of enemies I can find and just barely get within casting range to just plunk on the ground really quick just to get one tag on any enemy. And, and we had- I had to run through a full cave without successfully tagging a single enemy because the murder squad is so vast. I'm like, holy shit. So... It's like on the, the opposite uh, it's side. Like, it's like the Langoliers. <laughs> on the opposite side, being in the front of the pack as a melee character, I actually have the uh, kind of a similar problem where I can't reach some of the monsters that I'm like running to kill because everybody else has long range that are like right behind me. So I'll like start running at a new enemy to kill, and I'm like mashing my teleport button as fast as I can because like sometimes <laughs> they just melt before I even reach there. So I'm just like awkwardly leading this pack that kills things for me and. I'm, I'm trying to think of <laughs> uh, how to describe it, but it is it is weirdly manic during uh, during all these because it's it's an arms race between me and me I mean, and my like, fan base. It's like your see. skitter on Greg's shoulders, and Greg just keeps plowing through everything, and you're just like trying to like physically stab things with your tiny little arms. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun though i i don't know i've i've always wanted to do this sort of thing with a group of fans like i i always toyed with the idea of like doing a group gmod session but i figured that would be kind of a nightmare and i think this kind of uh proves proved that. it yeah i think that Ma- mastoria worked really well because we were barely involved well yeah with mastoria we didn't give a shit it, it, <laughs> yeah. the the entire thing played itself and we could just kind of commentate in this case we have to make progress so it's a little bit harder yeah you can't you can't be a passenger on the game train you actually have to play (laughs) you you can't just be and a lot of mmos a lot of mmos are actually really let's play friendly because you can just be along for the ride it's like oh i didn't quite hit enough stuff it's fine my experience bar fills Mm -hmm. up anyway for you know being in being around the neighborhood of my teammates in this game the game completely hangs you out to dry if That's you're in a party with people that wiped out like 50 enemies all around you, it has no effect on any of your experience or anything like that. Yep. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Huh. I yeah. thought maybe if like, we actually stuck together and it was maybe a smaller group, well, it would I be think, more manageable. I think it will get smaller and smaller as we go along just because I think the novelty, novelty. Will, will wear yeah. off and people won't have been playing with us the entire time. So like, mm-hmm. if we're in a level 30 to 40 zone, a lot of people might not actually make it there or just might not care. Although there are definitely some people in the group that are like level infinity. Yeah, no, there are a bunch of max level people that have just come back <laughs> to, to help. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of okay. Like there are, there are definitely a couple of jumping puzzles that I didn't even know about. And one of the people was like, oh yeah, over here and over here and over here. And eventually I had to kind of be like, I look, we're kind of just trying to play this. This is, you are, you are going way too fast for even me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So in session oh. two, I compensated by trying to make the columnar jointing guild. And uh, <laughs> I had some issues because just nobody nobody knows how to add me or message mm-hmm. me because I don't, my my name is oh, yeah. just some bullshit fantasy yeah. name as opposed to I like... I managed to secure Sebastian the name SB. Waterbots. Mm-hmm. Keith has Garrick's Elenko or something like that, which sounds like straight out of KOTOR. <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, which would be fine, but it's hard to spell. Whereas I'm just like, add me on Waterbots. Yeah. Like, it's super easy. So I, I tried putting in the description of the stream, but that's about all I can do. Because, like, I don't think... As far as I can tell in the interface, I don't think your name shows up on the screen in Guild Wars. No, it doesn't. You have it's to a press really H weird to quirk. bring your name up. Huh. I, I think you can turn it in, uh, turn it on as an option. But, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a strange thing, just because I'm so used to so many... It's such a standard to have a top left corner health bar that has your name on it and so many MMOs. So mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way for people to identify my name easily and nobody reads descriptions, so like <laughs> I essentially eventually so what do you had, do? I eventually had do one follower in my guild, uh-huh. which was just somebody from Wander's Guild that like pity switched. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we do have like a large mob show up again, I might actually mm-hmm. just demand that a couple of them Join like we we split yeah. up into three guilds always, and yeah. just uh, keep it balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that I way could have gone with a recognizable name. But I when we were when we were planning this, at no point was it mentioned that there might be a horde of players following us around, and that I should have a recognizable name. I thought it was just the three of us having little fun adventures, talking about <laughs> bullshit, like the wow, <laughs> and it was not the same thing. Little hamsters <laughs> talking about bullshit. Well, because in our, our WoW series, aside from Little uh, reading bullshit. The, aside mm-hmm. from reading the quest dialogue and whatnot, we were just going from one area to the other. And, yeah, it was just a another podcast, really. And I wouldn't mind if Guild Wars was like that, too. Half the time, I'm just like, Wander, where did you go? And like the wave <laughs> of people was gone, and I was like left to die under the hooves of several centaurs and it's just it is "Ah." is. so uh for those of you that don't know much about guild wars it is a game that more or less um there's stuff everywhere yeah it encourages adhd because like so unlike all other mmos guild wars does this thing where it's like Okay, so here's your like kind of static objective and it'll always be the same and you want to finish every single one of them but there's also like uh there's also bonus objective things that will pop mm-hmm. up randomly at kind of all times mm-hmm. and they're good because they pay a little bit better, you know, it's bonus EXP stuff like that. So if I'm like 20 feet to the right of Keith and Shell, I'll I'll have an event pop up and I can see it but they can't because they're too far away. And so I'll, I'll be like, "Oh, hey, there's an event over here. I'm going to go do it." And they might not hear me because, you know, they might be focused or they might be talking or just, you know, we don't always pay attention to each other. That's just how it is. And so I'll follow this event for like five minutes and finish like a billion objectives and then turn back around. I'm like, where are you guys? And they're like, where are you? And I'm like, (laughs) I I didn't do anything wrong. I just I'm playing the game. Uh, It's an interesting problem. I, I don't know. I think it's also one of those where I've played the game a lot, and so I think poor Keith is kind of getting shafted mm-hmm. in terms of, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Like, the first session, he was definitely like, so what do my abilities do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never played a Necromancer. And then I run off to go stab things with a sword, being like, I don't know what I do either, but hey, <laughs> I don't care. That's because you're playing the new class. Yeah. Uh. It's fun. Well, 
Any other interesting points about Guild Wars? Nope. You've been playing it a I lot, love the actually. Story. Well, part of it is uh, <laughs> we haven't you, gone to the story. You were gone, and Keith was available on Friday, and we, uh, you know, between... I was gone for one day, and apparently that well, was a critical inflection point because it you, lost the series. Were, you were gone, um, but Keith was gone like the other day. It's one of those like constant. I mean, this is this right. is always an issue with us. It's why we even started playing Dying Light. It's because Keith wasn't always available. So, so did you, did you want to be time. in the Guild Wars series or something? No, not. I actually don't want to be in the Guild Wars series yeah. at all. <laughs> like, he was, he was specifically planning the Guild Wars series for a while, so he's waiting for a day where you disappear. Well, is that like oh, Guild Wars One yeah, or Guild Wars Two that you're talking about for well, like a group? Series? I would actually like to get all four of us on Guild Wars One because it's kind of a wildly different experience. It's an instanced campaign. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about the open world. We haven't had a whole lot of luck with playing games like that, though. Like Guild um, Wars One is also very short. Yeah. And it has a really oh, yeah. neat it also has a really amusing trick where you have like I want to say you have like six slots or something or eight slots for skills yes. total. Mm-hmm. So you'll keep unlocking more skills, but you still have the same number of slots to put them in, so you have to choose which ones you want to sub in and sub out. But also you unlock the ability to get a second class, and it's not like you a weird like these are not hybrid classes where they're like you get a weird shittier version of the class like a vanguard versus like a soldier or an adept in Mass Effect where it's like you get to have both kind of but none of the really cool stuff at the end of either of those specializations if you go pure like no in this game you just have both classes but you still have the same number of slots so you want like yes. all the abilities of both classes and you choose how much you want to lane heavier into one class or the other by deciding which skills of which uh, class you want to slot into your quick bar because it still has the same limited quick bar so it gets really interesting. It's also one of those where it's just a, a relatively short campaign-based game. Like, Guild Wars 2 is very much an MMO. Guild Wars 1 is like, let's kind of make an MMO in the same way that, like, Diablo 2 was an MMO. Mm-hmm. And yeah, When's I've... Divinity Original Sin coming out, though? Yeah, so that's part of it. Mm. Divinity Original Sin comes out in the middle of next month. Uh, and yes. that is... I think very, I'd rather play that. <laughs> very distinctly more uh, going to fit our style better. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Have mm-hmm. we ever clarified that? Think, like, well, uh, we ever find out whether or not there actually are four pl- Like, there are four players. But oh, have we ever uh, figured so, out for sure whether or not it's a two-player or four-player story? It is four players. So, Bird and I figured that out. I, I feel kind of super guilty for this, but... Um, so back when it was first hitting early access, uh, Stainless, uh, back when we still, you know, hung out with him, he had actually kickstarted the game, not even knowing what the game was. He's just mm-hmm. like, okay, we need to, uh, we need to play this thinking it was like closer to Diablo or something like that. And so he, he had kickstarted a four pack and then handed it out to Bird and myself. And then and purple launch date comes and we're like, okay, let's play it. And then he realizes, oh, this is a CRPG. Yeah, that's a problem. Those games. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't too interested, and you know, it's what CRPG God, that is so Computer firmly RPG. his fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, wait, Th- they'd make a distinction. For yes. That? Yes. Yeah. So Baldur's well, Gate RPGs journey. feel massively different from other RPGs. Oh yeah, they're much more Diablo actiony. 
No, not, not, not the action games. stuff. It's just that the, it's actually usually like party-based stuff, top-down perspective, right. pause and play, or turn-based combat. Oh, so it's classic so it's like ball, the ice skate, ice wind, okay. dale, never exactly. winter night. Isometric, usually. Yeah. Fallout, one and two, that stuff. Yep. And so, nowadays it's Pillars of Eternity and Divinity Original Sin and Wasteland and stuff like that. Right. I thought it was yeah, interesting just, that... Oh, sorry. Uh, well, I was, was going to say, uh, I just don't like MMOs at all. So yeah. that's why I'm kind of not too well, keen on joining Guild Wars 2. <laughs> uh, well, no. That's why I was saying only Guild Wars 1 with you, because it's not... Yeah. Like, it's actually not an MMO. Like, just a four-player yeah. co-op RPG. Yeah, it maybe really is player. just a four-player co-op RPG. The MMO part was not With a cool really class included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so, for Divinity or- Original Sin, just to finish that point, we get in and we realize, oh shit, we have to read, probably out loud, I because... Know. We had to read everything as a group. <laughs> and admittedly, <laughs> if we do actually do that series with the four of us, we're, we are going to have to do that. But our immediate solution was just to start killing everybody, at which point we found out we very much could not, and then everybody hey, got bored. Why would you want to kill everyone? I try getting... Because it was bad. Because what would happen, If correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember what happened is that somebody would be talking to somebody, and then we wouldn't realize they were even in a dialogue. So we would be talking hey. to each other... And then everybody else would be talking, or they'd be trying to talk to a quest person, and it was that's, that's co- why you have to announce it. Cluster catastrophe. So that, yeah. that's what. So we had the same, we had a similar experience because Wander and I played the first Divinity Original Sin near the near when our channels were young, like uh-huh. almost four years ago. Uh huh. <coughs> sorry, <coughs> we made it for like one. I'm <coughs> sorry. I'm gonna get some water. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. All right. So we made it for like one session. And it, we hit the first town, and it was just a nightmare. We were spreading out. We're trying to like get quests, like we're playing oh, an MMO yeah. and stuff like that. And like, I had no idea. We had no idea what what anything the other one was talking about ever meant. Like, we just had no idea what each other were saying throughout the entire adventure. Like this oh, cat's wow. talking to me. I'm like, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> stuff like that. My cat. And so when we came back, and that was the early access version. So when we came back, uh, when it was 1.0 later on, we specifically had ground rules from the beginning of how we're going to handle the entire series uh, if we're going to do it properly this time around and learning from our mistakes, which is that, yeah, you like you walk around as a group together. Like, unless you're specifically mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do vendor crap for a bit. Like, we'll, we'll like, scatter to Yeah, whenever we hit a town, we kind of split up a bunch. Yeah, but mm-hmm. whenever... But you do... But when you split up in town, you're only doing it to specifically go to back to various vendors you already know exist and only, like, only treading old territory. Because if you talk to anyone new, it could be weird quest nightmare stuff. And so, and yeah, like every time quest would like, if, if dialogue spontaneously started at, as part of a quest or something like that, that you'd have to like announce it. Like I am currently, in, like I'm talking now and stuff like that. Like this is, we're at a quest now because we, we we had to be on the same page for everything or it would be completely lost. Because like, otherwise you have the trap of like, oh, by the way, you have to basically solve this puzzle to proceed. And only one of us had any of the details. <laughs> and the other people are just <laughs> running in circles like, I don't understand. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> Which, frankly, still happened once where Wander, like, just straight up solved an entire puzzle and still has never told me how the hell he did it. And I don't know what happened in that part. <laughs> I don't even remember <laughs> this puzzle anymore. I was mad. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I'm filming a Let's Play 2, you know, and I don't know what you did. Can you tell me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's oh. there's some asymmetrical problems that come up in that stuff that you have to really work mm. together with, or the series will just completely fall apart. And hopefully, we now can. I'm stuck trying to remember that solution. 
it was when we were inside it was near the end of the game we were inside of a weird building and we were teleporting around inside the building and there's like a, we- a weird nightmare because we, oh, it was literally a nightmare because yeah. we we're fighting a nightmare monster and uh you just solved the puzzle all of a sudden and i had no idea what you had done oh. at, or where you were going and i'm like what yeah no, there were half a billion switches and you just had to figure out which one corresponded with the exit and i just found it and i was just like flip that switch and what frustratingly, <laughs> I think I was sitting there trying to solve the puzzle, and he might have just pressed random buttons and then left. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, so video, a- actually, perfect analog was when you <laughs> you and Shell were stuck on the great puzzle in uh, Grave of Man, and Greg was just like, yeah, flip that one, flip that one, flip that one, and he just <laughs> flips down the That's <laughs> same thing. We wanted no, it's to not find a way thing, to get all Greg of us across. Greg did not solve the puzzle. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Getting one person not... through the hallway is not solving the puzzle. <laughs> it's it's literally impossible to do that for everyone unless you want to leave Skitter behind forever. No, no, it got me through the puzzle. So, yeah, actually, I needed you from uh, the scene so we could think about it more. To change yeah, topics, great. to change topics, seeing as we're kind of in between Grave of Man seasons right now. Oh, yeah, you're doing all the art. Uh, the that, that puzzle stuff. actually existed to either challenge you guys on whether or not you were going to like go out of your way to keep Skitter around. Uh, abandon him or uh, send somebody else and uh, like leave somebody else behind instead of Skitter and then the consequences there and like I actually kind of put that together with the expectation that you were going to uh, just accept that somebody was going to get left behind and I want to see what would happen. But then, w- uh... then Bird was the only person that did what you wanted. <laughs> and then you guys <laughs> then you guys blew it up which is totally acceptable too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, were you I originally going to let us blow it up, or did, 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 or were you yeah, just exasperated oh yeah. at that point? You guys don't use magical items at all. Like Bird had a bag of infinite rocks. He he bought what the are bag rocks of used for? Tons of things, distracting people. They they do decent damage if you need a ranged weapon. Uh, you can use them like I mean, you can make difficult terrain if you just spread it all over the ground. There's a billion things you could do if you want to think creatively. Uh, My character so far, has instead largely gone I around. I don't want to think I- creatively. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, Dimitri might. Greg certainly thinking creatively was not his strong suit. Keith, Keith, thinking Keith anything is a lizard nudist with lots yeah, of money. But, but your uh, your spell casting was kind of the equivalent of what I wanted everybody else to do with their ide- uh, their items, and for the most part, it's just been like, uh, well, what do you do? I'm like, just use use the infinite bag of rocks and the like goggles of alternate uh, alternate perspectives, so you can scout ahead and stuff like that. Nope, I'm going to walk out into the courtyard. By the way, there's like a shit ton of guards in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh. I like I, I would I actually a lot of my items. I would actually like uh I have a table of what you guys have had. I've since erased it cuz I don't know what anybody has anymore. Um, <laughs> but I'd actually like roll uh, fulfilling its intention. <laughs> I I would roll on the on the table and be like, "Okay, so here's a puzzle that I'm going to z- design around these items and let's see if uh, they do that or find something else. And the answer mm-hmm. is you've never, ever done a single puzzle with the items. That's part of the reason why I deleted the uh, the table, because I was just like, well, I give up. <laughs> Good luck, guys. I don't think I've ever had puzzle items. No, you just have the monster manual and the Air Jordans. Which, one of which is like, doesn't even have a clear result. And the other one uh, is a thing that seems to not usually help. The Air Jordans is a weird item because it's an item where I don't even know what what effect it has on my character. So well, you I don't never know had sta- anybody identify it. You've just been wearing Skitter Air Jordans. Skitter can identify things. To be yeah. fair, uh, as a player that's not used to playing D anD D five E and stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. no, 
identify the idea was of never explained as a mechanic. I, <laughs> so like uh, when, when I got Air Jordans at the beginning of the playthrough, you were just like, I don't know, you feel a little faster. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, and then there were uh, no tools with which to proceed because I didn't know that like, that identify like I, I don't know like to go talk to Deckard Kane and be like, can you identify this <laughs> wait, stuff? Like, wait, 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 wait! I totally missed this. We have how does identify work? <laughs> <laughs> See, we played for like forty hours so far. I, identify just no tells you what a magical thing. item does. Like it does. Yes, is that just a skill that we all have? <laughs> it's a mag- It's a magical spell. It's a level one ritual. It takes like a oh. minute. Or something. It's a spell he silently gave to Skitter and no, I, didn't I tell announced anyone. it very much. I'm like, I'm having him go arcane trickster, so you guys can actually identify the magical shit, so maybe you'll use it. But even that, that was, was like met three with... weeks or four weeks after I got the Air <laughs> yeah, Jordans. Was... Yeah, it's yeah. true. Well, like you guys, you got the Air Jordans about the same session as Skitter, and I thought Skitter was going to get killed off. Yeah, numerous like I've never, times. I've never had the game knowledge <laughs> really? to know I could even do anything Poor about Skitter. the Air Jordans besides just be go with the vague suggestion like you're wearing shoes. That that maybe make he you thought, go faster. <laughs> he thought Skitter was going to get killed off. I thought you guys were going to kill Skitter. Now he's, he's the he mascot. became the most powerful character in our entire party <laughs> for, by far. For almost this entire playthrough, he's at a higher armor class than uh, Greg. But that's because <laughs> that's not hard Dres successfully killed the assassin. Yeah. Because the assassin probably had much higher armor. <laughs> Much higher armor that wasn't specialized for anyone besides maybe Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a strange playthrough. It has been a strange playthrough. It's fun. Unfortunately, it's making writing the next section harder because I'm like, okay. Well, and so you're doing all the full body vectors and it looks so much nicer. Right? It does now. look really, really nice. I bet it looks cool. But, but you're basically making a video game. Yeah. He is. Well, I'm Except making a video game. If the video game is a game where you just the, the game's tabletop simulator. <laughs> Yeah, where you just I, drag I, the items around, right? So right, true, true. Part, part of it is like I, I just haven't been able to do a lo- whole lot of like artwork lately. Like you know, I was trained for it. It's like a uh, bird. How much music do you make anymore? Uh, I mean, not very much. Four, yeah, <laughs> four music, and so, like, not very much at all. <laughs> I spent like a couple of years really focusing on my YouTube channel and completely ignoring my art, and so s- suddenly I'm given this opportunity to start doing artwork again, and I'm like. Okay, so like the top down mm-hmm. kind of works, but it's ugly. And if I just do a little bit more work, the dungeons will look hella sweet. The problem is the characters mm-hmm. are going to be kind of a lot of extra work. I think you need to change that shirt color. It's the same color mm-hmm. as his arms, practically. Yes. It's going to be harder I'm... for you to just draw a circle and put eyes on it and call that a character. <laughs> like, like the table. Now, you've, now you've made yourself well, work. What I'm what I'm going to do is, uh, what I've already done is I actually have like a, a generic guy with a sword and like full, you full plate armor. Oh no, he's going to control up delete it. Everyone's going to have colon uppercase U face. <laughs> well, what I'm going to do is uh, I, I've just got kind of a generic armored guy and I'm going to have like a generic medium armor guy and a generic light armor guy. You should have a generic guy. goblin and generic Well, yeah, so I'm going to have generics. I've already got a couple of recolors with like minor differences Ogre. Ogre to save done. some time. But like effectively, say I introduce a new character and that I don't have time to do the full body for, he'll just have generic armor, uh, at least until I give him like the rest of the suit and stuff like that, which is... And uh, recoloring is easy enough. In oh yeah, vector. recoloring is crazy easy and fun. Like uh, I don't know. Here, I'll I'll send you guys one right now. He's making genies. Yeah, you guys are you guys are going to be up against genies. Oh, genies! At some point. I thought they said jeans. Yeah. I'm like, I know someone who painted <laughs> some jeans. 
Yeah, you do. <laughs> Look, I took inspiration. You guys are gonna uh, find the, the <laughs> room full of, of animated of objects. With jeans on them, fighting us. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Vectorize <laughs> my old art bullshit. <laughs> That could you be a dream sequence. Jest, but if you guys ever have to... That could to, be like an inside joke dream sequence nightmare thing that we have to fight through. If you guys ever uh, annoy me enough, that, that may come to pass. <laughs> Alright, let's see if I can um, pull this up so you guys can see it. Isometric I, I can always turn over to look at Ladybird's monitor. Well, I'm actually unable to stream this right now. For whatever reason, OBS's mm. latest patch, if you have two versions of OBS running at the same time, it just poops itself uh, oh, if you're trying to stream. So you're there doing the podcast. It's in, uh, or, oh, never we put it in Zog Zog. I put it in Zog Zog. That's it's okay. Dumb. It's at the end of the world. No, it Wait. is the end of the oh, world. You, where they where the hell is see. it? I, I deleted it, it immediately. There you guys go. Oh, okay. There's a pair of uh, ugh, that white outline. Uh, there's a pair of dudes for you. I will... I guess... Uh, how do I... Fuck. How do I put this anywhere? <laughs> Copy um, link. If you want to figure out how to link it to somebody, you already put it in Discord, so you can click on the Discord and click on the open original link that shows up when you click on it in oh, Discord, and then you okay, can link that. Those yeah. are huge, though. Why well, would you? That's because they're three hundred p. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, so just like... they're they actually technically have no scale associated with that. Yeah. That's also true, but it's just easier to draw on a higher resolution. Oh yeah, than, yeah. than a oh. smaller one. I mean, for painting, I have to do that, or else I'll never be able to make full size prints of my pieces. Yeah, but, but also just doing the details is harder the smaller yeah. you make the files because then you hit the pixel limit of like, that's just how big the squares are that make the picture. Yep. yep. Looks like crap now. But so... Uh, I always post low res online though. Like, make sure nothing's yeah, that's over. Yeah, that's a good copyright save. Yep. Dude. But so, effectively, I've got Genie 1, Genie 2, kind of base, switch the head, switch the weapon, close enough. Fingers! Nope, I... We're, we're gonna walk you, into a chamber you and it's just, just gonna be fine. Ornstein and Smog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, you guys slave. are gonna be seeing these guys at like maybe a tenth of that, if not more. Like the that's true. They have to. The inclusion of fingers is not something I really give a dang doodly about. If, <laughs> yes. If because hands slow me down the most, I'd say like hands. I'd say like the whole thing took me about an hour, hour and a mm -hmm. half uh, to finish. If I'd actually like wanted to have nice-looking, mm -hmm. articulate hands, it would have took it, uh, taken, like, a lot more. And I, I just don't want to deal with that. It's part of the uh. reason why anytime I have, like, if I'm designing a race that isn't just, like, a, another version of a humanoid, mm -hmm. um, I always have them with, like, four fingers or three fingers. It just makes things easier. <laughs> Someone just said, I will give you four, $500 if you play Vanquish in Resident Evil 4. I think you're lying. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? I money up front, yeah. then we'll do it. Yeah, money up front. Yeah, really. <laughs> Somehow I don't believe you. Right. <laughs> Those kinds of comments are great, though. Oh. Right. Anything else you want to talk about for D&D? &D? Uh, not much for D&D. I mean, don't want to spoil I'm not, I'm not really in any hurry to spoil anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's part of it. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. Go watch our D and D series. It's time to yeah. catch up because we're between seasons. Although it would have been better to start two weeks ago when the between seasons thing started, as opposed to now when we're probably going to start well, in a week. I yeah, uh, I, I, maybe. I, I I thought I was going to have uh, everything done by tonight, and I'm just like, wait a second. No, I've got too many mm -hmm. new games coming out. I just I, didn't think I can't. You did. Manage. I didn't think you would. 
now the amount of with the amount I've seen you streaming Guild Wars alone, I'm like, he's not. We're not playing D and D this week. <laughs> <laughs> he once again, he's doing the thing where he starts to perseverate on a game, play it on his own time, and then he's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get this ability and this ability and this. Ability. <laughs> I'm like, but then you're definitely gonna outshine us. Like, a little bit to get a game out of my we system came and back then I move for the on. second session and you suddenly had gliders. I mean, I, like, I, I can levitate I had a now. I'm like, too. great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for whatever it's worth. You made it, you made it zero gaps between sessions before starting to get shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never done that to you, Keith. For whatever never, it's we've worth. never played games together one on one. Yeah, we ex- did ex- once. Except we were here, except- which was a single session game. Yeah. Oh, wait, well, didn't was, you guys... And it was great. We destroyed it. We, yeah, we were good we teamwork here. people. At some point recently in chat, we were talking about a game that I should play with you for teamwork. Oh, yeah. Right. We were talking about the idea that if my Patreon people keep wanting to play every missed game, then I might as well mm-hmm. hook up with Bird to play Uru. Because <laughs> it's the oh, multiplayer yeah. missed game. There's a multiplayer. And I don't think but either of us have played it. <laughs> I thought I that Uru. they disbanded it you and can rebanded it, it and disbanded it. Uh, and... There is a... There's a fan site for it. Yeah, it, it has some or, sort of uh, modern audience, that community that still mm-hmm. like meets up in a cave and tells stories. <laughs> the internet's weird. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that, was, that was when Mist Uru was going to have its online series. And there's like a whole second section of um, books in the Yorelta bookshelf that are just empty. And I just stare at them longingly going, what may have been? Because like, they were going <laughs> to add extra ages every um yeah like it was year, supposed to be every couple, couple months of or months. something there was supposed to be a new age and then i think they never made a single one uh they actually made two or three but i think it was only available for like a very short period of time to the people that played mm-hmm. the online version my parents wouldn't let me play online with anyone anyway so <laughs> I, I i pretty much only had the single player experience like the complete series pack <laughs> hey hey wow hey, hey wander yeah. You and Shell should play the Nanare games. The what? The what? Yeah, maybe. 999 Zero Escape and whatnot. Oh, those? Just yeah. fucking do it. Because <laughs> we no, can have be... some conversations about it. <laughs> they, they'd be good. Uh, the main problem is, like, we just have the hardest time syncing our schedules up to even record Pyre at this point. Your audience likes mm-hmm. anime talking yeah. things. Sort of. Where, where anime characters talk a lot. <laughs> so, on that topic, I've I'm still playing Persona 5, and I'm kind still. of floored that people are sticking around as much as they have. Because, like, usually mm-hmm. with games, like, by the time you hit episode 50, people are really starting to flag on it. Unless, like, yeah. I really have yeah. a commanding lead on the game. And, like, Persona has never been, like, particularly high views, but it's just been, like, kind of middling the entire time. And I'm just like, this is, like, flying against a lot of my expectations of long, long series but it's also torturous because I think I'm at the halfway point and I'm at 90 episodes. Uh, uh. How, how long do Bioware series wow. typically run if people aren't super completionist? Uh, what I you can probably knock out like a... If you're not completionist, you can probably knock out a Bioware game in 30, 40 hours. That varies greatly <laughs> depending on whether you're talking about Mass Effect or Dragon Age, which is pretty much oh, the binary split down the middle. Because Mass Effect games are like 10 to 20 hours long, and Dragon Age games can be like 50 hours long. <laughs> like yeah. my, Dragon, mean, only... my Dragon Age, like my Mass Effect uh, 1, 2, and 3 playthroughs, uh, I was doing hour-long episodes, and the first two were about 20 episodes long, and the third one was about 30 episodes long. But mm-hmm. then uh, Dragon Age Inquisition is almost 200 episodes long on my channel, and... 
Jeez. And actually, nowadays, uh, they make the... They homogenized them now. So, like, they used mm-hmm. to be a big split between the two. Like, Origins is a huge game, for example. Like, it's just known for yeah. being a long Bioware game. Whereas the Mass Effect games are known for being quick, short games. Like, I beat Mass Effect 1 in five hours once. Because you can, if you just play the main story. Uh... But nowadays, they have this open world hub thing where it's like, here's a bunch of random zones you can go to to do miscellaneous crap. And like most of the zones actually have no bearing on the story of any kind. They just exist to do random side quests in like an MMO. Like that's unfortunately Mm -hmm. how Bioware makes their games now. So as a result, Inquisition and Andromeda have bridged the gap. And instead of being a Dragon Age game or a Mass Effect game, they're this new form of like Bioware semi MMO RPG design game. And those games uh-huh. are long. <laughs> those you games know, I'd are actually, quite long. I think I would find the uh, the new breed of Bioware games to actually be totally uh, like tolerable if I could play a, like co op with somebody else. Which is what like I think doing I actually next. like yeah. If that's what they're what making. Well, game? Uh, Anthem Anthem almost looks like they're just uh, stealing Destiny and trying to put their own spin on it. Whereas like mm. if I could have played like Mass Effect Andromeda. Or um, or Dragon Age Inquisition with like you guys the entire way through. I think I actually would have liked both games. Like, yeah, I would have still pointed out the like writing inconsistencies and some issues, but it's like probably not actually because we would just be talking about random bullshit the entire time and barely keeping track of what's happening in the story, and we would all the stuff would fly over our heads like it does in all the other multiplayer games. That's true. Mm, it's yeah. when you have nothing else to focus on, like I did, that you just like. Mm-hmm. Become laser targeted on all the weird problems, and you can't, you just mm-hmm. cannot let the phrase Geth telescope just, you can't get that, you can't let that slip by without being like, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> you just pulled some bullshit just now, and we're only in like episode four, and I'm about to do 129 of these. <laughs> I wonder, I, I think it took me 30 hours to play the original Knights of the Old Republic, maybe? trying to think what those games are typically done as since they're older i know what to do we can do science right now i'm typing master like and i'm typing dragon age and i'm Mm -hmm. typing knights of the old republic i misspelled that several times uh (laughs) all right so kotor one and two were both uh, if you do main story on its own, they're 30 hours. If you do completionist stuff along the way, they become 40 to 50 hours. Mass okay. Effect uh, 1 and 2 and 3 are 17 to 24 hours long for the main story, uh, mm-hmm. while having 30, 30 to 35 hours for the side story. But Mass Effect, Andro- Mass Effect Andromeda has one of the shortest main stories of only being 20 hours, but the main sto- But if you do completionist, it's 90 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably mostly grind. <laughs> yeah. And here's, uh. where, and here's where it rears its head is the freaking Dragon Age Origins Ultimate Edition. The main story, as in, like, just the bare bones playthrough, is 50 plus hours. Mm-hmm. Just from playing the main story and not doing the side quest stuff that takes up to 100 hours. So there's a gulf between the different trilogies and whatnot. Oh, no, I said yep. trilogies. Now I'm sad there's no third KOTOR. Because they made an MMO instead. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Also, amusingly, if you look at the on this website, it says that uh, that uh, Old Republic has a 15-hour campaign. That's an MMO, and it's saying that its campaign is 15 hours long, <laughs> which is half as long as either of the actual single-player games. <laughs> I don't know what that number's so, based on, but oh that was my God. that's a weird Here, listing. I'm gonna I'm gonna link this for you. 
Oh, goody. This is the how long to beat for Persona 5. Uh, 93 and a half hours for just the main story. 160 yeah. hours for completionist. Yeah. It's, um... Wow. <laughs> if you yeah, took 160 so, hours, it would be a full year playthrough. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, have that many parts in my Zelda playthrough, and it was long. So, the, the what main issue... What makes it so long? What drags it so, out, dude? They're big games. Yeah, it's a. It's literally, like, there's almost no recycled content. It is, like, a turn-based JRPG, so the battles are slower than, like, a lot of other games where you can just there's hack and slash your way through. some recycled content. Just yeah, because of the is. part there... where, like, they, uh... The game takes place over over the course of a year of your in-game schedule. So, like, you choose what to do each day. And for entire chunks of the story, for, like, weeks at a time, the current dungeon is, like, one dungeon you're progressing through. So you yeah. can potentially be replaying chunks of it and stuff like that while you're going. That was a huge problem in, like, 4, though, is that you were literally playing the same dungeon. Yeah, so now they've got specifically designed dungeons, and I actually don't even grind through them. Uh, early mm -hmm. on in the game, I just was like, I'm just going to turn this on easy and do no grinding unless, like, I really want something or, like, I'm really falling behind here. And for the most part, it just means I do the dungeon once, and then I leave, and then I trigger the, like, uh, the thing that makes the final boss show up. And then I go back in the dungeon, I beat the final boss, rinse, repeat. The thing is, like, each dungeon takes, um... Did I get it? There was a fly, apparently. It landed on my back, so she'll slap my back <laughs> and then started grinding it into my back. And I'm like, oh, I got some my shirt. I guess I do now. It was a big one. Um, but so... I just don't know if I So, got like, it. each dungeon takes upwards of, like, you know, six hours, maybe, sometimes... Uh, with like cutscenes and like minor bits, because you you have to like kind of they they have to introduce the villain, they have to like make him seem more evil. You have to introduce a new cast member who has like this <laughs> change of heart and joins mm -hmm. the party and all sorts of stuff. I like so the it's phrasing of like... make him seem more evil. <laughs> <laughs> they always do that though. Like, gotta uh, add the... in some more backstory. Yeah, of them, like burning down an orphanage. It's like Inquisition. To introduce Corypheus. Now Corypheus is killing your whole base. And it's like the stakes are raised. They totally do that, though. Like, they love to raise the stakes midway through so you're, like, extra invested, and it's actually, like, a really well-made game. Uh, the other reason why it's so slow is because outside of the whole, like, dungeoneering thing, what you're doing is is going through the main character's day-to-day -day life, and really you get... Forging relationships. Yeah, so you get, you get two actions... The final boss that you is can... the friendships you make along the way. Possibly, I don't know. It could, I mean, it could pull a full like Final Fantasy X on me. I've never played or beaten a Persona game. Just watched. That's just uh, what I've heard people. Anime. That's just what I've heard yeah. people describe about the playing Persona Five. Is just that like at some point you get the 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 loop of defeating dungeons becomes so manageable that you're actually just trying to beat the dungeons as fast as possible to maximize how much of your calendar can be dedicated yep, to making friends. That's exact. I actually, so I, I uh, partway through the first chapter, effectively, uh, one of my fans sent me a guide, and he's like, hey, by the way, you might want to follow this just to min-max, like, some of your pathway through here, and I look at it, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to this, so I might as well just follow it, and it's like, beat the first dungeon on day one, and I'm like, I took three days for this, and got my ass kicked, how did you manage this, you psycho bastard? Uh, and so I, I, I overgrinded that dungeon so that future I mean, dungeons, I can do that's, that. But that's the terrifying thing about Persona 5 is that, or Persona games in general, is that like people put the, this gargantuan amount of time in to beat it once. And then 
like a common trait is for people to then start the game over so they can now maximize their route to get a to yes. get the best possible outcome of everything they did along the way but i'm like dear lord that's like beating an mmo twice like yeah i've i've had so, several that's people so deep down I've I've had several people ask me to uh, to new game plus my run because there's bonus bosses and you get to carry over your stats <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm that's like, another apparently seventy God, hours no. wander. You want to yeah. do it? You do, I know. man. Like, hey, I so won't I begrudge anyone that, but no. <laughs> I love that you. Uh, it's a it's 160 hours on average. Apparently, if you take a leisurely stroll through Persona and completionist <laughs> it, it takes two hundred and. <laughs> 282 hours holy shit that is <laughs> for people that take their time as opposed to like constantly going gotta go gotta go fast 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 yeah. light that fire light that fire gotta go fast wow <laughs> yeah that's crazy that's I, like your game until that's like all you need until the next persona comes out yeah <laughs> it's just the I previous mean, persona <laughs> How long is that in days? How much that's time like, do you think people have spent on God. Persona Four, considering I mean, that they made two? That's of like them. twelve days. Like, yeah, it's a, you, you'd spend about two weeks playing. Think about, this it, think about it if you want to sleep people, a little bit. Think about the people that probably beat Persona Four once, and then beat it on New Game Plus, and then Golden came out and they did both again. <laughs> yep. I, I was telling Somebody Bird. Chat says, "Reminds me why I never got to finishing the game." Yeah, because <laughs> you're a normal the, human being. Yeah, and the game just keeps going and going and going and going. I know. I, I wow. will give it credit though for being quite possibly one of the longest games I've ever played. I'm still emotionally invested in yeah. like everything that's happening. Ninety mm -hmm. ninety episodes in, like I'm actually that's, like that's what's cool about it is that it's like constant writing is showing up like it's not just like mm -hmm. eh, here's some dungeons and a bunch of silence it's like no we wrote story for this long ass game and it's still yeah. going it's still going yeah. and i think story like that is the only reason why i would ever play a game that long i oh i would almost think that mm -hmm. my ideal length for a game is probably hovering around the 20 hour mark maybe less like it's nice to have the brevity of a 10 hour game but when you start getting into 30 and 40 hours it Seems a bit like long a game, for me. I like a game that sits somewhere between. Hey, so my upper limit is about seventy hours. That's that's like Final Fantasy VII length. Yeah, and anything more than that, I really don't have a whole lot of investment in. Um, but I like my games to, at the bare minimum, be about twenty to thirty hours. Usually, forty <laughs> is good for me. There's, I don't think I can make a general claim. It's just mm -hmm. that, like, whatever the game is works better at different lengths. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll come away from a game like Alien Isolation or Perception and be like, eh, it probably could have been a bit shorter, honestly, or Rhyme, as mm -hmm. we talked about before. I'm like, eh, this is probably a little long yeah. for what it was going for. But then other games where I'm like, like, every game made by Supergiant Games is usually a game where I'm like, this idea needs more campaign. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, especially Transistor, I'm like, this is way too complicated for, like, a four and a half hour game. <laughs> It's yeah. a super but complicated higher... skill system with so much progression. And I'm like, e but I'm going to beat it in like half an afternoon. So like, it's almost like it's wasted. But I don't yeah, necessarily want to play the game like five times over to fully experience its its uh, depth. Pyre seems to be going a bit longer than the previous games. But that's only because you're cycling back through the um, trials and then having I more dialogue a, with your companions. I had a feeling companions. Pyre was going to be long when I realized that it doesn't have voice dialogue. <laughs> Yeah. 
Like Which these are those are a company of... known for being fully voiced and having this constant, usually Logan Cunningham voice acting in the background. And it this is. game, it's dead silent aside from a little yeah. bit of simlish. Like it, it'll like imply voices by making gibberish yeah. oh, the, like, sounds, the and that's it. I, I language, mean, yeah. personally, I actually prefer that. I was a little bit worried that it was going to be fully voice acted going in, and when somebody told me, I was like, "Thank God!" Because if it was fully voice acted, I guess it would be a lot easier to get through. I but at the same be time, accompanying him, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We like, like it, we like. I like it when cutscenes are fully voiced, just because it means as a player, I don't need to stumble over. But as a as a player presenting to an audience, I don't have to stumble over uh, all the made up words. <laughs> I guess for me, playing with Shell specifically, I like voice acting because then yeah. I don't have to worry about voicing t- voice acting every character. I get a break. Sometimes I get a whole episode break, depending on the games. Um, <laughs> like like that one Night in the Woods episode, the or several acted, where I was just like, break. B and May, just talking back and forth. One of the interesting <laughs> problems I'm actually running into with Pyre is I actually resent the gameplay because... It breaks up the uh, the storytelling and stuff in the characters, and I'm like, I mean, it's fun and all, but it's so stressful because like, I don't want to lose <laughs> on like certain things. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with. That's the thing is with... the gameplay is the th- a crux of it because it's where it's decided who wh- who wins and who loses, and the story branches based on that. It's like yeah. all that hype, all that pregame of like when, like it's it's like a, it's like watching like wrestling and stuff like that. Like those ideas, mm-hmm. like like all the background drama that's all hinging on this match, and then the match can actually be decided one way or another, and that and you have to deal with like that outcome. I I guess it just kind of feels like Shadow. You know how like in Shadow Colossus, it's effectively just a giant boss rush, or like Titan Souls. For both of them, you've got these, you know, sometimes lengthy ish sections between the next boss fight as you like explore the world but for the most part you have to progress like you progress by killing these bosses it's like if you were playing shadow the colossus or titan souls and if you fuck up and lose uh it tells you like by the way like you can't refight that that titan uh that colossus you you have to just deal with the consequences of that and for me that is like actually kind of nightmarish because generally like an episode is like 20 to 30 minutes of us talking and then five minutes of like a match and it's just like i'm not prepared for any of these i guess i can do <laughs> practice matches right before but it's so incon- like it's so rare that like i'm always rusty no matter how how much we play in a session i'm just like i'm not ready for this and it's stressful it's super it, stressful. it is stressful but it's the hype is so hype like oh, it, it is, yeah. It is so cool when like people are like making bets about the outcome of the fight that's going to affect like their futures and crap like that, or like this person's freedom is on the line, and you've learned who and you've met, le- learned who they are and and talked with them over the course of the entire game, and now it's up to yeah. you to win this hmm. match to see if they go free or not. Otherwise, some guy you've never met before goes free, and he's probably kind of a dick. And then or you like, go it's for the it. It's like lady who <laughs> literally wish- worships Cthulhu, and you're like, that, yeah. that she definitely can't win. And w- one of the coolest things the game does is that as you are playing a match, based on how well the match is going, midway through the match, it, it does dialogue that's reflecting on how well the match is doing, which is like... Uh, like it might be like your team like being all triumphant, like oh yeah we're doing this, or like or the other guy team like bragging about how they're uh, how they're stomping you so far, 
or they're uh, talking shit because they're losing or something like that. And like that just yep. further hypes up the stakes mid match as things go. And you're like mm. counting no, down they the do points. Like, oh shit, it. can I, can I, can I do this or not? Cause like I had one where like Rookie's family was essentially on the line in a way. And I'm like, <laughs> yep. fuck. Yep. And like, I thought yeah, that's I was, was, was going to lose just a few had to times. Deal with. So it was uh, great. <laughs> one of the neat things is also it changes some of the dialogue based on how well you did on the previous battle. So if you had yeah. like no time beating them, the characters will actually kind of react to that. And I was like, that's a, that's a weird thing that I'm not used to. Oh, yeah. The announcer actually takes cues on whether or not you succeeded or failed. or. It's um, definitely the coolest experiment this company has made. Yes. I've mm-hmm. never seen and this before in a game. I, I, I think that's this always going to be true of anything. NBA Jam. <laughs> anything <laughs> that Supergiant makes and anything that... Um, Oh, shoot. Don't starve. Clay. Anything that yeah. those two companies make, I think will always be unique. unique and interesting. And I'll always look forward to them, even if I don't know if I actually like playing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes because it's just something new and interesting and like refreshingly so. And they don't stick around for too long either, which is super nice. Go away before I get bored of you. Well, like, we played Regalia of Men and Monarchs, which was kind of a nice combination of, like, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and Persona. Yeah. And it took 56 episodes to beat, which was fine, but by the end of it, especially because the game had a a save glitch where every time you saved, it would make the next save take longer. So by the end of it, like, I'd just click on the menu and it would just grind You couldn't erase your old saves. Usually a game cycles out old saves, but... yeah. And so I had, like, you know, a couple hundred saves just because it, you're constantly having to make decisions and, like, micromanage whether or not you made a good choice or not. Um, but so... So, uh... By the end of it, the game just slowed to a crawl to the point where the final battle was, like, 15 frames a second or something. Uh, oh. And by the end of it, I was just like, I'm so ready to be done with this game. I, <laughs> I just don't want to be playing it anymore. Um, whereas, like... I don't know, there's something certainly refreshing about a like a, a single-player experience. Uh, or, like, multiplayer stuff like EDF I can kind of get behind being hella long just because, you know, whatever. If it's too short, it'll just feel disappointing and like a waste. But with single-player, like... You just want uh, an excuse to keep going? Yeah, kind of. Whereas, like, uh, I beat Sundered yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. And it took me a grand total of 17 episodes. I was so anxious because <laughs> I I was trying to edit videos and stuff... And I was just hearing him screaming and making noises, and I was just like, <laughs> the third this is boss. stressing, it's how, making how me How far have you gotten in Sundered hair. Keith? Not that far. Okay, Apparently everyone's so the beating third this boss. game faster than me. Um, I I did some grinding, and it, like, seriously oh, made... well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is... We, well, we haven't talked about that yet on here, which is that... Because we talked about it a little bit during EDF of all places, was that, like, the weird thing about Sundered is that its skill tree is secretly the actual progression of the game. Yeah. So mm. if you get a bunch of experience, then you could just beat the game. Because, like, yeah. the game is less about sort Twitch responses. Is there, like, a skill that you, like, open well, up that just says, like, okay. win the game? Or so do you what remember... Do you well, kind of. Do you, re- do you remember, I guess, the, the skill grid in Final Fantasy X? Imagine yeah, yeah. If, if you grinded hard enough, you could actually max that out for a character. You I don't think totally you could in Final Fantasy X. You could? Okay. Yep. Imagine if you, it didn't actually take that much effort. It also didn't take that much effort in Final Fantasy X. <laughs> it took time. I don't know. It only took me a couple hours to grind up 
200, 300,000 shards. I more or uh, less stood in a corner and just stabbed things to death as they infinitely threw themselves at me. Uh, it oh came away God. with like two, How three thousand. How do that? <laughs> I, I was watching. I, I was just watching podcasts. I had nothing better to do while I was rendering yeah, for videos. For background, and, for people, Sundered is like one of those games that's it's vaguely like Rogue Legacy, where it's like a procedurally generated, yeah, uh, side-scrolling Metroidvania type game where you have to go take out some bosses and get get some skills and stuff like that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. When you kill stuff or loot stuff and stuff, you get a constant increase to your currency, and that that currency uh, does persist after deaths infinitely. And so you're spending those on this giant like path of exile, looking like passives tree, basically. Uh, that that makes your character more powerful, have a longer health bar, and so on. And like the the thing about the game is that it's so exponential in its progression. Like as you go on, like you'll be like, oh, here's here's every node will give me fifteen more hit points, fifteen more hit points. But then eventually, like here's thirty three percent more hit points. It's like, oh, that's a gargantuan boost to not only yeah. all the upgrades I've done so far, but all the ones I ever will do in the future. Like, so it gets exponential mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. the enemies keep drop. And so what happens is the enemies get exponentially harder every time you go into an area and drop exponentially more loot uh, to yeah. increase that bar more and stuff like that. So what quickly becomes apparent is that for the core gameplay. Mm-hmm. you're fighting like hordes of people uh it your your victories are more determined by your stats than your actual gameplay because the game looks like symphony of the night where you're like side scrolling and hitting some dudes that come after you but they're all, but instead of being like symphony of the night where it's like oh that's an axe armor you jump over the axe and duck under the axe and you put your whipped attacks in between his attacks and you like you're trying to like not get hit and play smart and everything this game is instead like here's 50 enemies at once all over the screen that are just swarming your exact location right now and obliterating everything so it quickly turns into like more like diablo 2 and 3 where it's like oh i'm winning because i have life leech and i have this much stats and the horde of people hitting me doesn't matter because i'm just hitting the attack button a lot and stuff like that yeah i i had the the average uh... experience in this game so I got an upgrade that made it so every time I killed an enemy, I get 10% of my shield bar back, which was like yep. kind of instant win whenever I had to deal with uh, groups of enemies. Uh, but it's super it's super bizarre because you will be like going through levels and it'll be totally like dead. There will be no enemies there. Yeah. And then like a gong starts ringing or a bell, a bell. Uh, it's a, bell all starts three ringing. regions have a different background sound that signifies that yeah. the horde's coming now. In the first zone, it's basically just straight up an alarm. Yeah. And then just, you get ganked by, like, everything. And so, like, especially early on in the game, before you've gotten any upgrades, you more or less die, because yeah. you just get so totally overwhelmed. And by the end of the game, if you've gotten enough, uh, if you've gotten enough, like, upgrades, you just cut through them, and they're nothing to you. Yeah. Um, in fact, Which by the time unf- you finish a zone, when you're leaving the zone, getting ready to go to the next zone, you're like, every time guys attack me, I'm just like one-shotting them, basically. Yep. And yep. Uh, when you started the zone, they were like un- insurmountable. So it's like, the game is less about your actual gameplay and more about just how long you've been playing so far. Because buying the skills just has such a gargantuan effect on things. And there's like some of the skills are huge too. Like One of them lets you hit projectiles. Yeah, like, that that was the game changer for me because yeah. there was a boss that was kicking my ass, and so I got I I was like, oh shit, there's this. If I get that, he's easy. I got it, and then it was super easy. Like this is a game that and, gives you very few actual tactical choices because your main way, way of attacking is just to button mash the X button, which is just doing a four hit combo over and over and over again, and you eventually unlock a cannon where you can fire one shot that's like a mega buster, like boom explosion, but only but has limited ammo of like five shots. 
So you're mostly just button mashing, one button nonstop for the entire game. You do actually then, get some like more combos later, uh, yeah. and you do get uh, uh, you get combos, like a power attack. You get like a slight well, variation, which is you can do a no, charge attack uh, sometimes. There's a secret. I, I found at least one secret combo thing that you could do where it's uh, a roll and then a stab. So you do this like cool charge attack, but that's like hidden at the very end of the game, and I found it just because there's like a hidden section of the map that I had never been to before in the first zone, and I was just like, wait how long has this been there? And I like, get over there and it's just like instant. It was like one of the largest areas of the game, uh, constant alarms. And you get to the very end of it and it, there's just like a crashed spaceship. You, you get the stab out of it. And I'm like, this is bizarre. This is really mm-hmm. bizarre. And I wish they had more of these. Cause like now I've also, got this that, cool. It's probably not great to have entire skills be secret in a game where you have like one move mostly. Yeah. It's yeah. like, no, we no, need that I, variety. Like, the game, I was, like, I was, like, four episodes in, and I'm, like, I'm, like, frustratingly bored with this game already until I got the gun, and I'm, like, oh, now I can sometimes get a G, do a GTFO explosion. Like, this is... Yep. Why do we go for, it, like, three hours without this? It's definitely one of those where, like, the game... Uh, the game... Uh, Thunder Lotus kind of did the same thing with Jotun, where it's, like, it's this really cool game, really beautiful, has some, like, really good ideas, but... Because the developers aren't normal people or something, they made like some questionable design decisions stuck to it really hard and ended up shooting themselves very hard in the foot as a result of it. Because like I heard glowing praise from Jotun from a lot of sources, but there is always like this one thing. I've never played Jotun and nobody ever specified what that one thing was. People usually say that with Jotun that like it's like it's so grand and epic and the art's so beautiful and the game's kind of shit is usually the consensus. I'm still waiting to try it. They got they got better at like uh at making the gameplay more fun. Like the movement feels good. The combat, well like limited, it feels nice to like roll around and stab stuff and like I can get I can get around the, the lack of combos, but the fact that it its solution to combat is just to send hordes at you. Yeah. Uh it sucks. But it, get, it gets I, frustrating because have... you have moments where you get you fight the jetpack dude and he like Every few seconds, he's going to dash you and do an X-shaped like laser swipe at that specific location, so you need to dodge out of the way. And you're like, "Okay, cool. Like we have a we have a combat cycle now." And then the game's like, "How about seventy of them?" And I'm like, "What?" Yeah. Like, oh, now your stats fight the fight for you instead because you can't dodge those attacks. Like, there's too much shit happening at once, and that's just kind of unfortunate. But Mean- meanwhile, the I- boss fights are the opposite. They're genuine boss fights where you're carefully controlling your character and going after specific objectives and like platforming around and like you have to like that's that's where the game shines. But there's like four. Yeah, there uh there are there are three regular bosses and then uh two alternate uh end game bosses. So depending on whether you go with embrace or resist, because like the whole game is resist or embrace. Do you? To yeah. go like the bad route. The game and has the Bioshock dynamic with little sisters. Yeah. Um, and so the the final boss is either one or the other, uh, kind of based on which direction you went with. And then uh, there's also the shitty neutral ending, which is you didn't commit to it, which uh, you get like a partial version of one of the bosses. Humorously, though, it's also the only one with an actual cutscene at the very end of the game. Uh, I watched all of them Weird. the other night, and I'm like, wait a second. If I got neutral, I would have gotten an animated cutscene as opposed to this. I mean, all of them were animated, but this was one that actually showed, like, the character's face and had some kind of implication of, you know, well, Weird. character out of the main character. Yeah, it was odd. Which is um, essentially the ending you get for not finding everything. Yeah, for being <laughs> lazy. Um, 
But so the bosses are really cool. Have you fought Dominion yet or no? I fought the first two bosses. So bottom okay, and so, left. Yeah. Uh, and they're so just you've, real neat. Because <laughs> yeah, like, you're really carefully well avoiding... Like there's a bunch of telegraphed attacks you're avoiding. You're doing like live. You're doing real time platforming around, and there's some platforming gimmicks built into the fights, especially the one that has like anti grav platforms shooting around from the epicness of his like slamming the ground, and you're trying to attack these three or so crystals that are around their body that each have their own health bars, and as you beat them down, super attacks happen, and the fight escalates and things like that. It's all really cool, except for the part where you, when the camera zooms out, you, your character is a tiny little penny on the screen, and then it starts yeah, shaking. Yeah, it makes it kind of hard. <laughs> like, it, oh, the second can... boss was definitely rougher in yeah, terms like, of like... I'm like, I can almost see my character. Oh, now the screen's shaking. I can't see my yeah. character. <laughs> I, I definitely just gave up on strategy for the second boss. I'm like, I'm just going to try and get myself in the position and just wail on them as much as I can. <laughs> uh. But so for the third boss, it's actually... Um, it's a, a smaller mo- mobile boss, more or less. Yeah. And uh, not to spoil much, it gets like really mobile at one point. And I couldn't figure out the pattern. So effectively, I'm like trying to chase the crystal, not realizing that like I there's something else I needed to be doing. And so I'm just getting beaten on and I'm making like really angry panic noises. And Shell's like next <laughs> to me just being like, you know, I, I do my little whimper noise. Yeah, like don't. Uh, don't don't be like that because you know I sound distressed and I kind of was because it was super frustrating. <laughs> um, and so I finished I finished recording and she turns to me and she's like, "Never do that again." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's bizarre." Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like imagine if you're like sitting in the same room as someone who's screaming. I mean, I suppose you had your roommates Yeah, I don't have to that. imagine crap. I have people that are, ra- <laughs> that are raging against games constantly. Also, I've recorded, like, angry games with Andrew. <laughs> I'm playing Dark Souls with Andrew right now. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. I'm super familiar with people getting mad at games, but I don't think I need to recoil or be afraid or anything. Well, you're also not <laughs> madly in love with Andrew. <laughs> I mean, it could as be, far and that's you totally know. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just... Shell is afraid of emotions. It's fine. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I used it, to it be. Is a, when I was like... When I wanted to be a Vulcan in middle school. It is a nicely short game, though. Like, for all of the complaints I can muster at it, I'd still beat it with within 10 hours, I think. Yeah. And eh, maybe maybe a little bit more. I should probably uninstall it. I was originally going to say, like, hey, I might play through this new game plus, and then I watched the last cutscene, and I was just like, nah, never mind, it's you, not worth well, it. Well, it's just the realization that if you played it again, you're like, this will be the same game. Well, I, uh, like I actually experience. looked it up, and there is, I, I would have the ability to just cheat up all of my stats again. And I was like, if I play through yeah. this again, I'm just going to go at it with, like, max stats. Which means just you can just go straight for the bosses. Yeah, more or less. Uh, one of the things is, like, uh, I, I want to say this is actually kind of uh, a serious misstep is, you know, they have these, like, five, six-ish bosses, and they did the whole resistor embrace thing. And if you're going to have, like, this really short, small game that's main feature is the bosses, you don't want to make people play through it twice just to have that experience. It's like if... Uh, it. Yeah, the it's strongest like if, thing's the boss, and you have to beat the game again to get one of the only other bosses, because your main playthrough only has four. Like, imagine if you had to... The other guys new, don't count. Uh, imagine if you had to start over Demon Souls to play any of the other areas. 
<laughs> just one zone at a time. Just keep restarting yeah. the game. Yeah, like uh, I think that would, I guess it wouldn't probably matter so much because then it would probably be balanced differently. But like, I mean, Demon Souls kind of is balanced that way because you can. Uh, once you beat the yeah, Phalanx demon at the beginning of the game, you can just go into any of the worlds immediately and play them in whatever order you feel like. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. But I don't know. It it just kind of sucks because they also have like wholly different upgrade trees. Uh, if you corrupt or you uh, destroy the Elder Shards, like if yeah. you use them or not. Because like you get a flame sword and I think your HP bar turns weird. And that was all a surprise for me is when I started, uh, I was I was doing, I wasn't corrupting. I was destroying the all the uh, the shards, and so I was doing the pure route, and I was surprised to find like, oh, I do get weird bonus skill trees anyway. It's almost like it's om- like it's not the sacrifice that it's framed as being like you're gonna sacrifice this power to resist the Cthulhu monsters, and it's like yeah, but you just get other powers. <laughs> it's like the it's like uh, it's the dichotomy that's raised by like infamous. Yeah. But like I don't know, it just feels like a bad idea for an indie developer, like, for a small game to go with that. Yeah. Because, uh, like, you already have so little game. Why cut it down the middle? I don't know. That's just me. I, I, I wish the game... I just wish the game had a bigger pool to draw from. As yeah. A, as a roguelite that's, like, all about randomly sectioning chunks of map together, it's not very good at it because there aren't enough rooms. So, like... In one run, in my, la- in my last recording, I'd f- I found the same run in the left region, which I I found the same room three times in one session, and not in one session, one one life. Like I hadn't died yet, and or or re or re- regenerated it. It's that one mm. room where there's a secret treasure and there's a vertical beam shooting down next to the secret treasure. And so what you need to do is that it's a vertical chasm, so you need to jump through the vertical beam, slide down the wall for a while, then jump back through the vertical beam towards the treasure once you get to that point. I found that same room three times in one run. I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) Like, I I just did this platforming puzzle twice. Like, there should be more rooms in this game that's about randomly matching together rooms. So later on, you uh, actually get the ability to have a treasure radar that shows you where everything is. Yeah, uh, I saw that on the tree. Like on the map. It's actually super helpful because uh there are special uh like protected treasures that if you if you hit them you have to like do a uh super horde and fight fight off like a mini boss and stuff. Which, which is, is like actually, the most reliable way to farm the uh perks. Yeah. Um and so uh, you find out that those are actually in uh fixed locations on the map at all times. They never change. They also seem uh, to respawn infinitely as long as you just like yeah, they do. regenerate the map again, which seems really abusable actually, as far as farmed farmable stuff goes. Yep, that's part of how I made so much, uh, <laughs> how many shards. But like, um, actually, I I I liked it and I didn't like it because it made the runs more predictable and I could kind of like autopilot through. But at yeah. the same time, I was just like, at this point, if you're going to have like this this lack of variety, just make it specifically designed because like Hollow Knight. It was such a such a joy to play, and I mean they're still expanding onto it, which is amazing. Yeah, didn't we get Hollow Knight shirts? Yeah, we did. Uh, Shell says that she like tries shows to, like, offers. It's See? just I think the disappointment in this game comes from <laughs> the idea of it being the premises to be like a Metroidvania type game, but inherently a core a core thing you can't remove from Metroidvania is exploration. Yeah. 
and there's not really exploration to be done. Like you you don't defeat this game by exploring it. You like there's like one landmark in each zone and then like the four boss chambers and like that's like the main locations and everything else is just shuffling random generic hallways around. You defeat the game by grinding. Is you ultimately just need to if you have enough experience you can obliterate everything and if you don't have enough experience it will just tear you apart. <laughs> and some of that I think comes from the fact that they the game might have been forced to be designed better if they didn't have the armor stat. Yeah. Because the armor I, stat is a, like it's something you're buying as you go through the tree that literally removes a percentage of damage from all attacks that happen to the you. The interesting thing is the armor stat is a lie. It doesn't actually do that. Because um, I had 74 armor by the time I beat the game and I could go up to 94, I think. Uh, yeah. No, I could go higher than that. And what I ended up finding out is no, you still take a ton of damage from that last boss, regardless of how high your armor is. Mm. So I just kind of combated that with lifesteal and a massive, massive They do give bar. you a definition of for armor that doesn't make sense. Because yeah. they do straight up tell you it removes 2% of damage per point, and but like you can get more than 50 armor, which should mean that you have infinite damage reduction, basically, because it's over, because yep. that's like, I remove 110% of damage, which is all, that's all of it. Uh... But I definitely would equip a skill that was like this. It does this cool thing, but removes twenty armor from your character, and I and I felt it hard. <laughs> yeah, so well, like the, I, I had that skill, and I just ate the difference because it was worth yeah. it. But as a, as a different, but like what happens as a result is that the game has this exponential curve to how much damage reduction you have, which means that it has an exponential curve to how much damage the enemies do, which means yes. that the entire game gets so grind dependent that it causes all the problems we talked about where like the your actual input doesn't matter as much as just how where you are on that specific curve which looks like the graph of like a limit basically where it just shoots up uh, uh, exponentially and you just have to be on the right part of the curve for that part of the game where you're going to just get crushed and that's just kind of a bummer it's not a game where you explore and it's not a game where you really outsmart your enemies it's kind of just a game where you it's, we kind of you kind of busy work through it until you get to the boss fights where you think again. So, kind of on think... the flip side, I had asked you uh, before Sundered because I was actually surprised that you were playing Sundered instead of Immortal Planet, seeing as Immortal Planet's a Souls like. And interestingly enough, Immortal Planet is actually kind of the complete reverse. It's a game with a leveling system that actually doesn't matter. Like every point that you put into damage only increases your damage by one, and when you already do a hundred damage. 10 points in damage really doesn't net that much and it mm. takes forever to grind. And so I actually had to end that series because I'm not a good enough player to deal with it and I can't overgrind it because it took so long and it was so painful to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so like, I, I understand like the, well, not I understand. Oh, yeah, your last like, episode called Apply Face to Wall. So effectively, <laughs> uh, the boss that I was fighting he attacks you as soon as you get off like a power lift before you can move. And so half the time he'd stun lock me on a laser grid and just kill me. So it's just like, you know, with like Souls bosses, it, it, he was the Capper Demon. He was just straight up the Capper Demon. Yeah, it just jumps um, on you. Yeah, but like imagine if the Capper Demon had fire and lasers and the entire arena was on fire. Like it's, it's actually a really well designed game and it has some like really smart mechanics, but like Good lord, I really wish I could overgrind it just so I could have that edge because I do not have the time or the patience to uh, not suck at that game. 
Yeah, as a so surprise, I, I put it, I put up to a vote because there was just too many games to pick from, and I had to I had to pick some uh, because I st- stick to the schedule of like, no, I'm doing this many playthroughs at once, and they're going to be finished. Then we start new things as opposed mm-hmm. to starting everything the moment they launch and then figuring out which ones get extra episodes or which ones just die after three or something like that. Is that like I just had to put up a vote because there was too many at once, like. There was a Pyre, Surge, Immortal Planet, and Sundered, and so I just like tell them, tell me which one you guys want, and surprisingly, they voted for both of the games that weren't Souls Likes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. no, no, so I mean, no Surge and no Immortal Planet yet, and maybe I'll get around to them later. But I had to prioritize, and people wanted Pyre I, and Sundered. I would still say that Surge is probably worth the the effort because, like. For all of my complaints about it early on, it actually did turn out to be quite the uh, nice experience. But ugh, I don't know. Immortal <laughs> Planet just annoys me at this point, which sucks because like the developers were super nice and like you know kind of hold my hand through things, and I'm just like I can't. Were they I watching can't. you on the stream? So you're having yeah, yeah, that they weird, were. They that were weird like, pressure of like ah, they're watching me while I play it. What do I say? <laughs> yeah. And, like, I didn't want to say anything negative, and I still don't, because, like, it's this beautiful game, and I'm actually... It is the primary reference material for Grave of Man Season 2. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, not 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 uh, gameplay-wise, but visually. Sorry. Not writing, not anything, just, like, the the artist has this wonderful kind of... Oh, correct, because the whole game's an isometric vector art game. Yeah. Wait, am I getting this hmm. mixed up with another game? Here, I'll... The Surge versus... Uh, Immortal Planet. Oh, Immortal Planet. Yeah. Okay, because I was imagining the Surge and how it was like no. a bunch of grungy exosuit Ooh. guys, and I'm like, ah. And so, like, I, I'm actually just routinely going back to look at the artwork that their artists did for this game because it's like this is actually pretty close to what I'd I'd love to do. I see. For a lot of things. Yeah, you were uh, you were getting crushed by this guy. I'm watching it now. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I fought him so many times, and the <laughs> thing is, like, unlike Dark Souls, where you just have your Estus. This is like Bloodborne, where you have like a, a limited, limited supply of healing items, and you can go farm for more. But unlike Bloodborne, you can't carry a supply of twenty with you. You have to go farm for it, and every time you die, you're set back to one. And you could actually increase like a, you could increase like the amount that you have a little bit more than that. But uh, so well, every got- time I had to go fight the boss, I'd have to play through a level just so I'd have enough healing to maybe have a chance what is mm-hmm. happening here oh he has four health bars I'm like you're destroying this guy what's the problem <laughs> I, was yeah, like, no, he's- I was like wait you totally killed this guy just now and then I saw another health bar pop up I'm like oh never mind yeah. I just learned something every about time, this game every time you take off one of those health bars he gets a new move or he gets faster or something like that oh, so he starts shooting lasers or he leaves these like laser traps behind that stay there until you get Speaking near to them. Which so you when to... you're doing that fury difficulty difficult uh, fury, playthrough right. difficulty. Huh? Fuck that. I just I just I... said difficulty playthrough of difficulty. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what like you when mean. When you're doing you the fury to... playthrough wonder. <laughs> I am never touching that game ever again and I regret <laughs> Wait, I ever touched I it thought, to begin with. I thought I we played through all of play fury. fury. I never... I don't think I actually ever put the episodes up. I think I put up like two or three. We played them all. And the hate comments were so (laughs) bad that I wanted nothing to do with it. Also, (laughs) we got to the last boss that like face like after after you call in the spaceship and find out that Fury is like. And we couldn't beat it, right? Not yeah. We we I might have been able to, but it just it's so not worth my time, especially after like 
the level of hate and vitriol that I was getting. I was just like, you know what? No, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go play like No Man's Sky and just accept that people <laughs> hate me and everything I stand for. Mm-hmm. Anger, anger, anger. Yeah, I don't know how I deal with. Uh, I, I don't know if you know the story series. here or not, Bird. Do you? What's it? Do you know the story about what happened with Fury? No, I don't know the story of what happened with Fury. So Wander was having too much trouble with this, so he switched to the other mode. But the other mode that was there was clearly like a baby mode fit made for babies. Like it was like it was <laughs> it was not an incremental decrease in difficulty. <laughs> it was it, like it's like a non-feature insulting mode. <laughs> it's like if if you turn Dark Souls on easy mode and you could one shot smoke. Like I got an episode out of every pl- I got an entire episode out of every boss fight when I did that my series on that. Wander would walk into an area, watch, and like the cutscenes in the walk between fights, where it's longer than the fights, because he would just like obliterate them in seconds without even slightly getting any sort of experience out of it at all. Like it was just like, oh, that one's green, I guess he's dead. <laughs> like that's the yeah. observation to be made is that one was green, as opposed to like all of his crazy aquatic moves or like splitting attacks and like because like just none of it happens. They went from being eight round fights to being like two round fights where each round would be over in three seconds. It's like it was a nightmare. Like, this game really- has a fifty percent rating on game rankings. Really? It got a six point five on IGN. A 5 out of 10 from Game Informer, a 3 out of 10 from Eurogamer, a 61 out of 100 on PC Gamer. It's got a... Fury got told to fuck off by the press. It's got very (laughs) positive. It's it's a 92 I don't think you're looking at the same game. I'm looking at Fury Video Game. F-U-R-I, not F-U-R-Y. Yeah, F-U-R-I has 76.72 game rating. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah, game I was going to say, like, this a... game had, like, a couple negative reviews. You're, you're thinking of the one, the mass murderer guy just walking around and no, shooting people. No, that's hatred. This oh, is that's Fury, hatred. which is a player versus player competitive online RPG and massive multiplayer oh. online role-playing game. No, released Fury, in 2007. Fury spelled with an I is a, is a boss rush, uh, a boss rush isometric game from the artist that made Afro Samurai. Yeah. And oh, so, like, yeah. Fury is definitely a game made for certain kinds of people, but it wasn't it is me. the definition of niche. And so, like, when I yeah, tried turning it down to easy mode, it did a couple of things. One, it made the game ridiculously easy. It also would not let me go back up to, like, a the higher difficulty so I could, like, maybe try it again. It's like, nope, you have to start <laughs> the entire game over again. Even though, like, <laughs> you're only on the third boss and you just t- turned it down. And I'm like, this is bullshit, because, like, there's no... Me- middle grade difficulty for normal people so it's it's niche and need, the, niche only and if then you, you want to fury difficulty and you find out that that was the middle grade difficulty because then furious unlocks <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's a play through the game again it was an even harder difficulty so playing it on different difficult uh well playing it again on harder difficulty i won't i will never endorse the easy mode because it was a nightmare. It was like a it was serious it sounded like a some sort of like shitty it's mandate patronizing you not even that. It sounds like it was mandated by someone. Like, you yeah. have to put an easy mode on this. And like, fuck, we'll put five minutes of effort into it. Because, like, <laughs> they, they give you a ton of health and the enemy, like, no health. And then they they make you just fight, like, the two easiest uh, turns that the enemy has. And it's like, it's just patronizing and insulting and sounds like somebody mandated it to be there. And so they had to put it in or something. Uh, but like, but in furious the mode, they just add oh. more different moves for the enemies. So they, it's just, like the game keeps adding content. 
But so you get to the final, we got to the final boss in the easiest difficulty after breezing through everything. And then it's back to what kind of was closer to the regular difficulty ish. And so it's like, I was vastly underprepared for anything that the game was going to throw at me. And I was just like, this just isn't, this is just isn't worth playing anymore. Yeah, the easy and difficulty had so little effort put into that. They were literally using uh, phases from the harder difficulty. And the the last boss doesn't have any, like, hand-holdy, like, easy phases. So yeah. it, it literally doesn't have a difficulty curve on easy. <laughs> it's just a weird, like, it's like you're playing a glitched version of a game that keeps skipping around, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, for background, though, like, uh, you know Final Fantasy X, Bird? Did you play that? Yes. You know how you keep fighting Seymour over and over again and he keeps getting more badass over and over again and he keeps morphing and just <laughs> out of pure rage of needing to defeat you? Um, This is at the very, very end of the game you're talking about, right? Well, you fight yeah. Seymour like five times over the course of the game, I think. Right, you do. Yeah. Um, So that's what every boss is. I don't remember him is. transforming until towards the end, though, right? He, just, he, he would, he would always like change in some way, and, and it kept getting yeah, more... Yeah, he was it's, never it's, the it's, same maybe, boss fight twice. It was gradually getting well, yeah. more dramatic. But just that's, that idea, that's true. Least, Or even, like, Dragon Ball Z fights of, like, the three phase, like, Boo, Frieza, Cell fights, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, every single boss in Fury is that. Oh. <laughs> so you defeat... The, so it's, uh, it's like you're playing a fighting game against a boss like that, where every time you drain their health bar, their health bar then regenerates... But it doesn't just heal them. It actually enters a new round where actually both of your health bars regenerate and they lose a little pip that represents how many health bars they have. That's essentially the counter of how many rounds you have to win against them. But every round, they become a slightly different boss fight. <laughs> so it's like evolving as it goes. And it's actually a really cool system where you essentially have three attempts to make against each uh, phase of their boss fight. Because you have three lives, but if you defeat one of their lives, you get all of your lives back. So you have you can fail up to three mm. times versus each phase of the boss fight until you get sent back to the beginning of the, the of the full boss fight again and start again. But like it's just it's such a crazy escalation, bizarre game, and the hype levels get crazy. And uh, some of the bullet hell sections maybe want want to pull my just just give up at being able to see things again. Seymour <laughs> Guado was a really fucking bad villain. <laughs> <laughs> He had what, stupid that? hands. He had stupid <laughs> tattoos. He had stupid hair. He was in, he, he had stupid lines. He had stupid voice innocence. actor. He had, he was a horrible villain, man. Final Fantasy X is a want great to game marry in your a lot of ways for reasons. <laughs> but like Seymour is like by far one of the worst video game villains I think I've ever had the displeasure of facing off against. <laughs> Which is weird. I found him incredibly compelling as a kid. I. I like, I hated the shit out of Seymour, Seymour and everything he stood do, for. Do you still think he's good? Or is this, like, I don't know. I remember? Well, I played it in play college. It and admittedly, in college, I was looking at the entire game from a much more, like, uh, jaded uh, opinion to begin with. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Something in my chat. Chat. Keep going. Keep going. I, no, 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 share. If you're going to laugh yeah. that hard, you're sharing. <laughs> no, I, believe, I can't share this one. You didn't, I believe you didn't, he laughed inappropriately at the phrase, Seymour's voice makes gay people sound straight. Yes, that's why I was laughing. Yeah, that's Thank why you, you didn't want to say it out loud. Yes, that's why I didn't so, want to say it. Enjoy, everybody. 
Bird laughed at that. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. It just it was such a surprising sentence. But I have all of your chats open. At least you didn't. And I can I dig the hole is, for you. <laughs> Seymour had kind of a Kafka feel to me. Like, he wasn't quite there, but he had like a much more Kafka-esque feel compared to practically every other JRPG villain I had run into so far. And so, like, kind of in this weird vacuum, Seymour comes off as actually kind of decent, whereas, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a JRPG I've played recently where the villain just fell flat. I haven't played enough JRPGs. I guess, uh, Tales of Zestiria, all of the villains just felt kind of boring. I couldn't even tell if there were any for a while. And the then I stopped The villain was the concept of evil, essentially? <laughs> yeah. So, like, the idea of Seymour being this just, like, creepy, like, power-mad priest. Bull. Maybe? I don't know. He was just... He had dumb he, hands. He did. Because <laughs> he had claw hands and he had a weird, like, spike hair that made no sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His hair does not make sense, even a little bit. It's, I, I think it's just really a, hard to figure out. I, I think I just hair? could... I could understand his motivations. Oh, yeah, here's a good example. Seymour does not have anime hair. Seymour has Yu-Gi-Oh hair. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. <laughs> he just okay. has Yu-Gi-Oh hair. There's, it's literally it's just someone handle. drew a shape and called it hair, but hair can't do that. <laughs> I've never seen somebody wear a shirt that only has sleeves and a back, though. I don't know how you have a shirt that has no front part. Yeah, he has. I, he he has, really wanted to show off his manscaping. Yeah, he constantly had exposed very entire fine. front side somehow, but he had the he but he had he had giant like Gangnam style pants for his le- his his arms oh. basically, and his hair was bat wings. <laughs> now, now Wander's showing me an image yeah, of this. Yeah, I forgot. I... Shells, uh, we tr- we played like four hours of uh, we played four hours of Final Fantasy X a couple of years ago, but we never actually got to meet Seymour. So Sh- Shell never really mm-hmm. got the opportunity yeah. to see. The magic that was Seymour. I, <laughs> I, so I, he I genuinely must be can't like, tell you if I like a single Final Fantasy story or characters. Because <laughs> the only one mm. I latch onto is like, I think I liked 10 when I was 20 <laughs> years younger. And I haven't touched mm. it since, so maybe it's bullshit too. <laughs> I think my issue with the Final Fantasy series, from what little I've seen, is that there's a lot of melodrama going on. Yeah, it's and... mostly melodrama. Yeah, like like soap opera. Melodrama Austin doesn't make sense. I want to say mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VI was probably where the writing kind of peaked, mm-hmm. and then it started dropping down. Uh, but even then, it's kind of hard to say because they didn't have much for cutscenes. Yeah, it was kind of ten odd. was really good. It wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, at ten. I'm sorry. I meant to say seven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ten know. was not really good. <laughs> Well, ten was okay. Of, a lot of people seem to latch on to specifically six and nine. Yeah, six was very, very good. Nine was. I, decent. I never played nine, so I, I can't talk about nine. I know with seven, I got so lost because they were throwing around terms left and right, and there was the, the translation whole, like, of seven sucked. Yeah, the translation sucked. The um, I okay, spoilers for Final Fantasy seven for a bit. The like Zach amnesia rigmarole flashbacks in like. Yeah. That was pretty uh, bad. That Sephiroth's was pretty bad. Backstory. Those didn't make sense until I played Crisis Core. And mm-hmm. uh, then well, that kind of all fell in. And I'm like, oh, 
the Zach Man, stuff they should have fit was, that in better. The Zach stuff was really complicated and very poorly uh, localized. So it for most people, they found the Zach stuff to be actually incredibly confusing and hard to understand. I'm surprised As we weren't able to who, understand the uh, Sephiroth backstory, because I thought that was pretty straightforward. I, I think I got really hooked up on, why is there this weird, gross pod thing? Because <laughs> mm. I couldn't... Genova? I, I don't know. There was just like this this like get, jump where it's just like, okay, so here's Soldier. It was called Soldier, Oh, right? you're talking about like the weird thing that you find in the mountains that like you yeah. open up a pod and like a, and, like a wolf falls out. That's like a wolf man. I have an image yeah, okay, to share. I've never, <laughs> I've never been able to figure out what the hell that cutscene was about. That I think that was supposed to be uh, like Sephiroth's mother, like the... No, 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 that's not Genova. Oh. Like you're talking, I don't, there's like this pod thing that you open up and there's like a, there's like Brudo? a weird hairy dude guy. What? <laughs> what the, the hell Zelda is this, Keith? That's a the Gerudo. cosplay of the Sephiroth hair, uh, of the Seymour hair, which is impossible to cosplay, so it's not even close. Well, it doesn't what even happens look is, cool. Well, so when <laughs> people have H. to do crazy hair like that, you actually have to have, like, carved foam and other materials mm. underneath. You have to, like, layer the hair on... Wait, ew. <laughs> ew, ew. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> and then what they do is they put a lot of, like gels or something to like plasticize the hair over the form and but then it looks stiff and it obviously doesn't flow so yeah for me wow. for final fantasy 10 part of becoming an adult and growing up and analyzing stories more was realizing that that walk is really racist <laughs> yeah oh he yeah spends the entire oh, game yeah. talking about dirty owl beds and i'm like this is just Whoa! Yeah, he's, Whoa. he's pretty. And, I kind of don't like up. this guy anymore. <laughs> and what are Albeds? They're the vaguely uh, Middle Eastern people. Oh, mm-hmm. aren't? They, isn't it who Riku is? Isn't Riku yeah. an Albed? Yes. Yeah. It's like, wow, you just, you just take like he just like before you even meet Albeds. I think even like on his own island, separate from all well, the no, world, everybody he, hates he Albeds because he just keeps they're the only ones that have technology. Not everyone else shots. doesn't have technology. <laughs> Yeah, so he doesn't like Albeds because they're the reason why uh, Sin is still going around. All them Albeds. Well, that's what they say, jobs. but it's also not true. Sin's going around because Sin's a dick. Yeah, not because of technology. Yeah, blaming the Albeds for that is like in it's like a, on the same level of like how in Castlevania they blame those random priests for all of their woes and want to execute them all. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, you're just stupid and hateful, as it turns out. That's the story. All right. So I want to get a chance to talk about the stuff that I played last week. We have not let Bird's soapbox at all. So let's... (laughs) This is now the the final 20 minutes of nothing but Bird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I haven't had it. I had no idea what to say about Sundered, and you guys were getting into it. So I just wanted to let you have your conversation. We talked about Sundered for too long. Or even see them. So... So Go. I played uh, two games. I'll start with I'll just I'll start with Tacoma. I think um, so that was a really really cool experience. It's by the people that made uh, Gone Home, so they made another walking simulator basically. And uh, this one was really really funky. Uh, I haven't played any. I didn't play Gone Home or anything like that. Did any of you guys or no? Sh- or no. Any of it? It's on my very big spreadsheet. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a it's a game where you walk around to like a house and find and like there's like a story and you just discover the stories you play it. I literally don't know any more details about it than that. It's from but, some uh, of the people that worked on Bioshock, so it was people yeah. that were following up on that thread of environmental storytelling. Because mm-hmm. Bioshock was a game where you like you would find you were walking Audio around a ruined, orbits. obliterated society, and you like walk yeah. into a particular like bedroom, and there's like the bloody corpse of a woman, and there's like a audio yeah. log under her bed that, ex- that that she recorded right before she died, and her room's full of all these details that explain her backstory and stuff like that. And so, like, yeah, it's that continued exploration of that storytelling style, which was also used in like Prey, mm-hmm. but it was uh in entirely in a game where you just walk around and interact with objects to look around. So it's very similar, like follow-up yep. games like uh so what remains of edith finch and so on so tacoma is um a little more obvious with a lot of its storytelling in that literally the entire game is you watching cutscenes, which isn't really a bad thing but i will basically say that like overall tacoma is like a really really bad game but like <laughs> a really fun experience and i think that people should play it anyway like i don't know how to describe it well, but um yeah. It's just, it's cool. It's a really fun experience. Uh, what it is, is it is it takes place on a space station, and you don't really know why you're there. You kind of are given, like, this vague quest of, like, you need to go on to the space station to find a AI and, like, basically take out its brain, which is the hard drive, and, like, take it back to another location. Um, but to do that, you need to like go through these security systems and here's a device that unlocks the security systems automatically. Your job is just to go there, uh, let the security device do its thing. And then after a couple hours, you come back, you pick up the, uh, the hard drive and you leave. Um, and the, that premise, like they really managed to make it brilliant because you're on the space station and you plug in the device and it says like, Okay, it's going to be about 30 minutes before you can before this door opens up. So you just start walking around because you have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. You just start walking around and then you discover like all the like the little details of um the people that were on the space station before you got there and you mm-hmm. discover like why they aren't there anymore, what happened to them and stuff like that. And uh it's paced really well. Um the environment's really cool, the story's great, the characters are great. It's really pretty. Um, it's also very, very, very detailed. Like, I... There was this one office I walked into, and it had a schedule for every character for an entire month. And it had, like, the times in the rooms that all these meetings happened in and stuff like that. And I was just looking at it. It was like, wow, the writers really, really poured every single detail into this game that they could. And uh, it's just like that all over the place. You pick up an object and it's like, say it's a food wrapper and it has an ingredients list and a calories list and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a really cool experience. But ultimately, your interactions are very, they're pretty limited. What you can do is um, you trigger these cutscenes, and then you can go up to the characters as they're talking to each other in the cutscene. And um, they're like holographic like glitches basically that like their memory is implanted into the area effectively as like a glitch Mm -hmm. and you have a device that you can um, use to interact with the space station that everyone used. So you can kind of recover these fragmented memories of these people as they were leaving the space station for the reasons that they had to do so. 
and uh, you can like walk around during these cutscenes as they're playing out, and you can interact with them to get even more information about like their lives, and and you can read their old emails that they sent to each other and stuff like that. And that's basically the entire game. Uh, it's just you like waiting for your device to do something while you watch cutscenes and like discover secrets about the world. It's almost like if you took a missed game, if you took all the puzzles out of a missed game, mm-hmm. it kind of has a very similar, that. it has a pretty similar feel to the narrative. Um, and it's also really short. And uh, if you watched me play it, then you basically have no reason to play it on your own. But if you haven't watched me play it, then you get a choice. You Shut can either watch me play it. Or you can play it YouTube.com slash birdcatcher plays game. Come watch me views. You with a choice. <laughs> no, no, it's it's really great. Um, I know lots of people, even after they watched me play it, uh, did say that they wanted to throw money at it anyway because it was such a fun experience. Um, this, this I wonder if the yeah, choice. I wonder if people will manage to get really angry at this one too. Uh, I don't I see how they like, possibly could. I feel like after like Life is Strange one. and Telltale and stuff like that, yeah. people have become desensitized to walking simulators. I was going to say, walking simulators are here to stay. I don't think you can rage at them so anymore. I, I think there will be people that will be inherently shitty about this regardless. Yeah, probably. Um, and those are kind of the people that can't be... Their opinions are never going to change anyway, so like, who gives a shit? I mean, right. isn't it... Isn't it just sort of like a marginally interactive narrative as opposed to a game where you have narrative interspersed with a specific type of gameplay? Uh, Effectively, yeah. That's pretty much it. It's largely similar to that space station you guys played. The the space game you guys played where you talk to an AI sometimes, but mostly we're just walking around an environment. Event Zero. Yeah, Event Zero or Firewatch and so on. Yeah, it's pretty similar to Event Zero, I would say, but um, the story is completely one hundred percent different. Yeah, and uh, the cool Better thing about Tacoma the is that it's set. The cool thing about Tacoma is that it's set in the near future. It's set in twenty eighty eight. That's um, ostensibly potentially within our lifetimes, which yeah. is kind of a weird thing to think about. Um, if we live but, into our nineties. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, I, um, I'm looking forward to playing it pretty soon, just because I really yeah. like. Sci-fi stories. For you'll short you'll indie, think this one's probably short indie companies. Short I, indie I don't companies. think you'll like it. Short indie games. I don't think you'll <laughs> like it very much, Keith. But uh, I mean, play it and let me know. I guess uh, it seems it, it, it's as far as the story you're just is concerned. To dissuade him, so yours is the only playthrough. For me. <laughs> uh-huh. Part no, of me no, just wants to get story, to play the movie Sunshine. <laughs> as far days. as the story is concerned, you probably won't like it, but. Because it's not going to go into the world enough for you to really enjoy it, I think, Keith. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't um, do sci-fi for its world most of the time. It's just the setting is a good place to set to as a backdrop for most stories. Oh well, then maybe you will like it because uh, it's yeah, I, I it's a pretty won't like fun it. story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it does it does kind of set up the uh, like what its vision for the near future is, and it's really kind of cool because it talks about how like these companies that exist today what their power is like and how they've grown in the future where it talks about like carnival cruises in space. So it's like, you can take a carnival cruise to Jupiter, uh, for example, or how Hilton has space hotels in the future or how Amazon has a university that one of the characters went to. That was a little weird. 
that one hit a little close to home. I don't like that part so much. <laughs> hey, bird. Hey, bird. Hey, bird. What? Play Soma. What? <laughs> I should. Play Soma. I got other things to play, though. Yeah, but what uh, if, how much what time if, do what I have you, left? What if you played Soma? I have 10 minutes. Okay, I used 10 of my 20 minutes of bird soapbox hour. So let's, uh, <laughs> if you have any questions about Tacoma, like, you can ask them real quick, I guess. But I gotta move on to talk about the other thing I've been playing. Go, just go for it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to play it myself. Okay. Yeah. Go play Tacoma. Buy Tacoma. It's cool. Uh, Keith, play it so that we have we can talk about our experiences and our opinions on it. We could do a Tacoma it. spoiler cast, except we've never recorded probably. any of the other ones we talked about, so probably not. Probably. <laughs> so the other game I've been playing is called West of Loathing, and that one's interesting. It's a... Uh, it's like a... It's a First off, it's a really easy game. <laughs> it's a... Um, uh, I guess it's like a turn-based RPG, kind of, but... Populated by stick um, figures? Populated by stick figures, and... It's a black and white so, game that apparently has a colorblind mode. It does have a colorblind mode. It's so <laughs> funny. So, um, it was written by... It was created by the same people that made a, a MMO uh, called Kingdom of Loathing, which <laughs> uh, came out when I was in middle school. And it was like also black and white and stick figures, and uh, also we very about easy. Kingdom of Loathing on the podcast. There was before. an MMO that probably. was black and white with stick figures. I, I've heard yep. one of you guys bring it up before, and yeah, I, it was probably I had me. No idea. It was probably so Bird. Is made by Kingdom. It was made by the same people that made Kingdom of Loathing, which was a really really funny game. And uh, I played it during middle school, which like those are the years where your sense of humor starts to really take shape. I think, like early middle school, fifth or sixth grade. So we uh, have this game what... to blame for you in your current incarnation. <laughs> you really can, man. You really can. This so, game inflicted like, you upon I'm, us. I'm playing King. I'm playing uh, West of Loathing, and I'm doing my normal commentary st- style where something happens, and then I'll like riff on it a little bit or make fun of the thing that just happened, which wanders seeing a lot of in dying light. Um, yeah. So it'll like. It'll it'll set up a, a joke basically, and I will like make fun of it, and then read the next line, and the next line will be the thing that I said to make fun of it because the game I played the game that inspired my sense of humor in a lot of ways. Like it's made by the same people, <laughs> so there have been times where I'll make fun of it, and then the next line will be exactly what I just said. <laughs> but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, so. One of it's the like buildings a Western... in the town's called a horsery. Yeah, it's called no, it's called a BS horsery. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, I thought um, it was a stop center. No, it's called there's, a BS there's horsery. A petting cemetery. <laughs> there is a petting cemetery. I just be I just entered a section called the Davitary, which is a cemetery exclusively for for people named Dave, and um, all of the headstones are. Um, celebrities where it's just like dave d and like there's an epitaph that tells you who the celebrity is that the cemetery was for (laughs) and it's so funny um one of the locations that i visited was literally a a pile of shit um and i had a shovel so i kept shoveling Uh. the pile (laughs) i kept shoveling the pile and it kept giving me experience points for doing it and I lo- I got like two levels up for sitting on a screen, shoveling up a pile of poo. <laughs> it's just so funny, like, and and nobody nobody would play this game 
if it weren't for people like that knew of Kingdom of Loathing and were like, oh god, you have to play this. Yeah, and uh, I, this, this game's on my list now, but it only got there from hmm. word of mouth because otherwise it was just a game yeah. where I'm like, that looks because, like every game I skip over. Because so it's a I, stick figure game for $10 on Steam, Greenlight, and you're like, nope, I'm not playing that shit. <laughs> I then there's word of mouth, and, like, it's in, and it's like in Total Biscuits uh, Curator Collection and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think I've had about seven people tell me to play uh, West of Loathing, and I'm like... It and all of them are your fault. Well, yeah, so, like, what happened... No, this is before Bird even played it. Oh. Like, the game was actually not even out yet, and, like, I got a comment being like, you should play West of Loathing when it comes out. And I was like, uh-huh. are you joking? Like, one, I'm super busy, <laughs> so probably no. And then Bird uh-huh. was like, I'm taking the night off to play West of Loathing, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so maybe I should actually play West of. I don't know. Everywhere don't know. you looked, you would just see the name over and over <laughs> again, like it's following you. It's so. It's so. the The writing makes up for the experience so much because the the sense of humor um is very unique and uh, kind of it. What it does is it is it um plays off of like absurdity and like normalcy and like your expectations constantly. So one of the first things you interact with in the game is a haystack and in it you find a needle and that's just the lock picking item in the game. So every time you need a, not- a lock pick, you go up to a haystack to find a needle in it. And it's just like little moments like that repeated all throughout the game, which like you can't help but like the smile. And then also there's bigger moments that are also really, really funny and I can't, I don't want to spoil the jokes, because if you spoil the jokes, then yeah. there's no, nothing to the game. Is this going to be a but, thing now where each of us one by one mm-hmm. encounters a game that is just their sense of humor? Yeah. But this was, this is a very, a very special experience to me. Oh, Daniel no. Will never find <laughs> <laughs> Bird made, Shell, Shell told a joke. She did tell a joke. <laughs> it was a very meta joke. It's like, for me, that was basically Zenith. Like, I, like that was... Yep. It genuinely made me laugh multiple times, and I'm not used to video games doing that, but Zenith kept making me laugh while also having a good story, while just being the worst video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a bad game. <laughs> but, like, that's... I still point at that sometimes. I'm like, look at that weird-ass, well-written game that everyone's going to ignore. Does... Yep. So, that's my other spiel, I guess. Um, Best of Loathing is great. Tacoma was also pretty great, and uh, I'm I'm not playing the same games that like you guys are, but there's yeah. been some really fun fun releases lately that I've stumbled upon that I'm really enjoying. I have a terrifying backlog, and it scares me. I just yeah, put Zelda to rest <laughs> finally after about 160 episodes, I and think I, uh, I, yeah. boy. <laughs> But they added something really cool <laughs> at the end because the first expansion mm-hmm. pack is the challenge mode where you have to get through like forty mm-hmm. ish rooms back to back, and if you die, you start over. And yeah, when they send you in there, they you give you get no items, like you don't have clothes or any inventory items or weapons only... or anything, and you have to just like Sorry. metal gear. You have to like metal gear subsistence uh, subsistence at all by just finding everything from scratch, from food to like a stick to hit people with and everything, and. It's actually like a compelling roguelite experience, except for the part where if you play it again, it'll mm-hmm. be the same thing again. I'm like, I went on a ranch during my final episode. I'm like, no, like they need to, they need to like 
figure out how to properly randomize this because this well could go so deep. Because anyone, anyone who's played uh, Breath of the Wild realizes that, like the game is so mechanically dense and it's so carefully crafted with so many options to approach every situation that like it actually has the potential to be the coolest roguelite ever made if it actually had the randomization set up. Because like yep proper challenge mm-hmm. modes and like how far can you go in this infinitely sprawling like dungeon where they keep giving you one room at a time and the only way to escape is to beat every enemy but you can do it at your own pace because it has like functioning stealth systems and the ability to scavenge for different items to use and you can sneak up on things and use line of sight to section off enemies and every enemy can dis- be dispatched like 12 different ways and you can have there's so many mechanics to the game that it's like ridiculously crafted and the only problem i had with the main game was the fact that like its difficulty curve kind of sucked for a campaign because if you were, if you're in the main campaign, if you and you're being completionist about finishing the open world and stuff like that, or even just doing a lot of open world stuff, like there was no difficulty curve. It was just like you can't, you basically couldn't die at some point. So mm. like taking all those mechanics that were carefully and lovingly crafted for that amazing open world, and then putting them into like a crazy randomized challenge mode that's cra- that utilizes all of them would be one of the coolest gaming experiences ever made. <laughs> Yep. And uh, unfortunately, they have like 90% of that because they made a 40-room dungeon that you play mm. in that way. And it's so it's so tightly balanced and interesting, but it's just not quite there. The difficulty curve never quite get there. And it, you and you kind of dread losing because if you lose, you just start over the same floors again. And that's kind of a bummer. But it's... Ah, the potential game that's like an inch away from happening is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of on the reverse oh. side, Breath of the Wild, I just wanted to say this. Breath of the Wild has, sure. like, the best travel and exploration mechanics that I find myself disliking a lot of other games now. Because yeah. they don't have movement that's, like, even close to on par. And so I'm like, mm. uh, what was I playing? I was playing Yonder, which is, like, a, a goofy little, like, farmville Well, not Farmville, but, like, uh, Harvest Mooney game. Not really. But the entire premise of the game was, like, exploration, and you could, like, glide, and you can do all, uh, a couple other things. And I was just like, it's just not the same. Like, Breath of the Wild has blown this out of the water now, and I just don't yep. enjoy it. Metal Gear Solid Five and Breath of the Wild make it really hard to look at other open-world games and take them seriously. Yeah, even, like, uh... Even, even uh, like Horizon, Horizon this year's Darling, is basically just another Assassin's Creed game, but with different combat mechanics... But, like, its world is just as, like, not interesting. Because at best, you can pick up a few crafting materials that help you make bags. Like, it's just not (laughs) interesting, generally. But, like, uh, what's cool about an open-world game is when it gives you you new options for approaching stuff that are really cool. And Yeah, like, when they pull the Metroidvania and actually give it Metal Gear Solid 5 do that. Metal Gear Solid 5 was absurd, by the way. Like... Its story goes off the deep end because it just runs out of game and they just, they literally stopped, they just didn't finish it. Like, it's just dead. But, like, it's up there with Breath of the Wild with just having, like, crazy open world mechanics that you let you let everyone play each mission differently and stuff. Like, that's, that's a cool thing that doesn't happen. And I just kind of, sometimes I want to play those games again instead of playing new open world games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that, uh, Probably wraps up the podcast at this point, huh? That was that. Yeah. We done Anybody want to tell us a tell us a cool story? A cool, a cool story? story? It doesn't have to be cool. Never mind. 
Don't tell us a lame story, you say? (laughs) There's no cool in here. I'm just trying to think of, like, things that have to deal with the cold. I haven't done (laughs) shit. The other day, I was walking down the sidewalk, and I noticed some kids were doing drugs, and I was like, hey, that's uh, that's bad. Let me show you something. (laughs) Let me show you what you should be doing instead. So I pulled a skateboard out of my briefcase, and I did a kickflip off of a taxi cab. Uh, and then I also slam dunked, uh, a basketball into a nearby hoop, uh, <laughs> during the kickflip. And, um, that's, uh, that's my cool story. Uh. Are you okay? I, the kids still gonna... did drugs at the end. It didn't really work out that well. <laughs> Maybe I was on drugs, it. which informs the story. I don't know. I'm going to kickflip <laughs> these kids out of their drug habit by being <laughs> sick. Uh, I was going to tell a story about the snow fortresses we used to make out of the snow mound in the cul-de-sac Damn. down when I was a kid. and what how a, and how a our na- summary story to tell. Well, and <laughs> how we'd have to have wars against August. the neighboring boys that were also trying to take our fortress. It wasn't, wasn't nice. Did you win? Um, well, it was one of those weird things where the winners were the ones that didn't have to go home early. You know, like, you know, someone's mother would, come on, carriage, get back home. It's almost going to be dinner time or the cars are going to hit you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. um, okay. And then, um, and then my one neighbor, her chocolate lab was so adorable, Coco. She would sled down the hills with us on her belly. And it was so sweet. She would just see us sliding down and she'd be like, I want to slide too. It looked almost as good as it tastes. (laughs) Shell's been overheating really badly today. No surprise she's talking about winter. <laughs> no, no, yeah. but he was talking about cool things. So That's true. I took the literal Alrighty. Uh, well <laughs> the literal approach that's... to cold things. <laughs> there you go. That's a story. <laughs> we should we should have a straw poll to see which story was cooler. Uh I mean your Showdown. your fictitious story was definitely cooler. Mine was just <laughs> Oh I see. <laughs> You're made of bullshit. It was obviously cooler. Involved kickflips and drugs. <laughs> and basketball. What's a basketball? What's pit people? <laughs> what the hell is pit people? <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. All right, let's do a 3-2-1. <laughs> 3 two, one. <laughs>